0: The first one was the first one to be released. To another episode of the What's Good Games podcast, your source for video game news, commentary, analysis, and funny stuff. Oh good. Nailed it. I'm one of your hosts. Thank you. Brittany Braunbacher, alongside the wonderful, the beautiful, the stunning Christine Steimer. Oh my goodness. Thank you so I much. I, I know I'm I, I, <laughs> laying I, 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 it on a little it. thick there, but I'm okay with it. Oh girl, no no no, I got layers <laughs> I can add to that intro. Layers and layers. <laughs> layers and layers. Well, here we are, Steimer week 2 of the Britain Steiner show week 2 consecutive weeks is what i'm trying to say yes
1: we've had our, a few of these before
0: we have this is our, i think our 4th Britain Steiner show ooh where there are no rules our 4th anniversary 4th <sighs> anniversary oh yeah. we need we need to get each other those presents every anniversary you know there are presents like paper was yeah. the first one what's four I, I have no clue i didn't even know what uh, year 1 was until i realized that my 1 year anniversary with jason was a few weeks away and then i was like shit i should probably uh get in into something. this yeah <laughs> i should probably do something i know we're super weird not weird we're very casual like that we're like well do you want to do this thing sure and then we you're like we here's a card
1: it. it's a paper
0: here's a card it's a paper <laughs> enjoy it ah who says love is dead mm, not i this week we are brought to you by four sigmatic and quip but we'll get to that in a hot second but first we have some housekeeping Christine Seimer. Yes. We are going to be at TwitchCon. We are. That's in San Jose and we are going to be there specifically on October 26th. Twitch is going to be premiering our studio tour. It's going to be really cool. Hopefully you can come by and take a peek. And we have sort of, kind of, kind of, sort of not really nailed down a, a meetup thing um apparently there's a meeting space inside TwitchCon and we're kind of aiming for something in the afternoon nothing is in concrete as you can probably tell by all of the sort of kind as I'm throwing in this sentence but if we do a meetup it'll likely be in the afternoon on Friday October 26th in San Jose so mark your calendars or not still up so if you say mark your calendars mm-hmm. i guess how many calendars do people have i just have the one on my phone is that I mean it's is, plural for the people Plural for the people. Mark your calendars. Oh, okay, There's more yeah, yeah. people. They each that have a calendar. Sense. I was wondering if it was one of those outdated sayings. You know, like no. rewind or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, don't forget, every Wednesday we are posting a new episode of Lights Off to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com slash What's Good Games. Currently, we have our Layers of Fear and playthrough and then what's the other one Simon and Outlast, Outlast, i believe Outlast too yes and then this week's is i want to say it's friday the 13th with you and andrea oh that was fun yeah yeah that i died old. spoiler alert <laughs> oh my gosh so that's a really fun video so make sure you take a look see at that other than that get in touch with us on social media twitter.com slash what's good underscore games YouTube.com slash what's good games. Facebook.com slash what's good games. Are you noticing a trend? There's also Facebook.com slash groups slash what's good games. We have about nineteen hundred members now and there's a lot of fun civil conversations with a diverse group of people. It's awesome. You should join. It's a good time. But Sam, back on We have a lot, a lot of news to talk about this week. It's gonna be a very news heavy show as we were talking earlier it is
1: yeah i think i believe we are gonna aim for for two segments again this week apologies if you really like our three segment shows but with just Britt and i we're gonna do what we want and that's two that's
0: right there are no rules on the Brit samer <laughs> show but before we get started with the new samer mm. let's talk about mushrooms let's talk about mu- uh, mushrooms. mushrooms let's talk about do i have your attention
1: yes you do Good.
0: Specifically, ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk to you about Forest Sigmatic. Forest Sigmatic is a vegan superfood mushroom beverage company originally based in Finland but is now headquartered in Venice, California. That's near me. That's near Seimer. It's automatically awesome. Mm -hmm. They believe in the real magic of functional mushrooms like reishi, chaga, cordyceps, lion's mane, and other superfoods that can enhance our lives. They make drinking mushrooms and superfoods delicious and easy to do with their mushroom coffees, mushroom superfood blends, and mushroom elixirs. These benefits range from bettering gut health, managing day-to-day stress, bolstering focus and cognition, keeping your energy level stable, your stamina, you name it. Now, admittedly, I was a little apprehensive and wasn't sure what exactly to expect. As mushrooms tend to get a bad rap, and I've never been into them, unlike our dear Andrea Renee, who is a champion of mushrooms—or is that the word I'm looking for? Yeah, she she likes to talk yeah, about mushrooms. Yeah, she much really she likes lovely. them. Yeah, she does. But I always try to keep an open mind, and I am so glad I did because I am really loving my little packets of mushroomy goodness. Like I said earlier, Four Sigmatic offers a wide range of products, including coffees, elixirs, and blends, but they also offer hot cacao mix with reishi and hot cacao with cordyceps. Now, reishi is known to help with occasional stress and assisting with restful sleep, with cordyceps support, stamina, and endurance, which is kind of important in our line of work when you want to do gaming Into the wee hours of the morning. (laughs) You definitely need all the stamina. You need all of these things. (laughs) What I love about the hot cacao rishi mix is that it's not your typical super chocolatey hot chocolate drink. You know, the ones that are so overpowered with sugar. I mean, it tastes real good, but I always feel really sick after. But I don't with these because these taste like a hot chocolate drink with a little bit of spice in it, which is a really good mixture especially now that in Washington, specifically Western Washington. Fall is upon us. Mm, and yes. it's a really, really good uh little fall drink to have near me. I also tried Lion's Mane, which is this yummy mix of peppermint, rose hips, and is so so good. Honestly, like these drinks I never would have tried otherwise. And they've quickly become my favorite healthy sipper while I'm pulling a gaming marathon. And this is important for me personally because I typically don't like coffee. I actually don't like coffee at all unless there's 500 packets of sugar in it. So I'm really trying to get away from the energy drinks and trying to find something that's healthier and gives me that natural energy because while I like the short bursts of energy I get from these energy drinks, I always feel like crap after and it's so, not good. Yes. So Simer, yes, what have you been sipping on?
1: So I have like a sampler pack that I, I don't, it's been a while cause we've got, we've had these for a bit. I don't remember mm-hmm. what I tried in there. I do remember I liked it. Um, which has been a nice surprise for me because I am like you, but I think I have a bit more of an opinion that I really, I hate mushrooms, but I know that they have like, these really good health benefits, but I'm not going to eat them. I'm just not going to. No. Um So if you put it in a powder and let me drink it, that's my style.
0: <laughs> that's your way to
1: do it. Yes, exactly. So what I am sipping on today is their charcoal lemonade, which has um a chaga, I believe is how you say this mushroom. I don't actually know. I think so. Uh, what I like a lot about this, number one, it just, if you're like scared, if you're watching on video, it it is a black drink because if you've never seen a charcoal lemonade, they are black, uh, which is kind of nice actually for Halloween time.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's true.
1: It's a spooky drink, spooky lemonade. Um, but I, I dig that it's sweetened with not sugar. It's sweetened with acerola. I believe those are cherries and then, um, monk fruit. So they have natural sugars in there. So you don't feel bad about consuming it. You know, you're not like, oh man, like this is good, but it has cane sugar in it. Um, Because when I am home, I tend to not drink regular water. I just don't, I don't, it's really bad. (laughs) But I just like, eh, like there's no, it's no real flavor to water. It's not that much fun to drink. So having things (laughs) like this where you can make it into a drink that is delicious and also good for you is a bonus win for
0: me. Yeah, and just to clarify, these don't taste like they have mushrooms in them. I no, do. I would like, not be okay if they did. Right. So I definitely, like I said earlier, our eyebrows raised a little bit. We're like, mushrooms? What? But again, like Simmer, I'd heard of the benefits and the, how good they are for you and all that stuff. Um, and so I was a little nervous, but I was excited to actually kind of get a form of mushroom into my body. That's what she said, because, you know, I want to try to eat healthy and do better. But you just slimy mushrooms on a dinner plate. Just don't do it for me. But these, mm-hmm. you don't taste them. They're ground up into your drinks and they taste very good. So you can head to Forsigmatic.com slash WGG. That's F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot com slash WGG for a 15% discount off of your total order. com slash WGG. Get your mushroom on. Yeah, yeah. not like Toad Mushrooms, not like Mario Toad Mushrooms. Oh, no, actually don't. No, actually, actual mushrooms that are good for you. All right, Mm Hmm. are you ready to hop into a doozy? Do you have your
1: party hat? Oh, my God. We should have gotten, like, noisemakers for this. Oh, dang
0: it. You're right. We totally should have. And it's funny because... Because hell hell, hath frozen over. Hell hath frozen over. So I was actually preparing some of the show notes yesterday, which was Tuesday for Mm -hmm. us right now. And, uh, at that point, Jason Schreier had uncovered some information that PSN name change were incoming. And so I was going to put at the end of this new segment update to last week when we were talking about how at PSX, uh, you know, they said, hopefully by next PSX, you won't have to ask about PSN name changes. And yep. we thought, haha, you're being a sneaky squirrel. Cause there is no PSX this year. Right. And but it turns out they weren't being a sneaky squirrel. They were not. So, May I cope with it. All right. So this comes from <laughs> Sid Schumann on the PlayStation blog. Okay. Take Hello, a deep breath. S. S. <S. 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 <S.> there we go. We're happy to announce that we will soon be testing. Oh, yeah. Begin testing the long-awaited feature that will allow users to change their PlayStation Network Online ID online ID from their PlayStation 4 system. The PSN online ID change feature beta will be a part of the PlayStation preview program and will become available to select users that have pre-registered as testers for previous PlayStation 4 system software betas. During the preview, you will be able to change your online ID as many times as you want. The first change is free, and changes after that will cost 9.99 or 7.99. Those are Euro. ways, that's those euros. That's euros and
1: pounds. So euros and uh, pounds. 10... About 10 euros, about eight pounds.:
0: For PlayStation Plus members, it'll cost 4.99 and 399.
1: Euros Seven. and pounds.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I like this whole thing we're doing. After the first change, changes to online ID can be made through the settings menu or the profile page of your PS4. When you change your online ID, you will have the option to display your previous ID with your new ID so your friends can recognize you. That's so weird. Once you decide to display your old ID or not, you won't be able to adjust this after completing the online ID change process. This feature is compatible with PS4 games originally published after April 1st, 2018, and a large majority of the most played PS4 games that were released before this date. However... Please note, not all games and applications for PS4, PS3, and PS Vita systems are guaranteed to support the online ID change, and users may occasionally encounter issues or errors in certain games. If for any reason you experience issues after changing your ID, you can revert back to your original ID for free at any time. You will only be able to revert once during the preview program. Reverting back to an old ID will resolve most issues caused by the ID change. In addition, when this feature officially launches, a list of compatible games published before April 1st, 2018, will be provided on PlayStation.com for reference before you make a change. The preview program for this feature is planned to conclude at the end of November 2018. The full rollout of the feature to all PS4 owners is planned for early 2019, so stay tuned for updates down the road. Woo! All right, Sam, break this down. What do you think?
1: I mean, it doesn't... This does not affect me, personally. I thought very carefully before selecting oh, my Xbox smart. and PlayStation IDs. Um, but I'm like... I'm astounded. I'm happy. I'm so happy that they are finally doing this because there are so many people that were like teenagers when they made their accounts. And then when you get older, you're like, I don't want... blah blah 69 as my as my yeah. ID anymore. I have a kids, I have whatever,
0: you know, like I, <laughs> like I, this I, is, li- I live a professional life. This my is embarrassing. Ask me for my PSN ID and I have to tell them it's big schlong for 2069 XXX. Right. They look at me funny. They don't take me seriously anymore. Right.
1: Right. Exactly. Right. So I am very, very pleased for those people. I think it's totally fine that they're charging for it. I find it weird that there are none in, you pulled this from the EU blog.
0: I did. I, I think that could have been my bad. I okay. don't know if there's one for, you know, our neck of the woods. There could be. I would imagine I'll, it's I'll check. similar
1: in cost to the euro. Um, mm-hmm. If I had, if I was a betting woman. Um, okay, here we go. Did you find it?
0: I did. All right. So the first change is free and changes after that will cost $10.
1: <gasps> Wait, they for just, did, they did a flat 10.
0: Uh, $9.99. Okay, Sorry. I was like, Okay. I was like, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the first okay, and changes after your first will cost nine ninety nine USD. For PlayStation Plus members it will cost four ninety nine yeah. USD. Okay, yeah. So okay. it's in
1: line with the euro, which it makes sense. Right. Um and then the the pound is a little less because the pound is worth a little more. So yeah. that makes sense too. Um yeah, I I mean like by all means charge for it. Xbox does. There's no need yep. for them to have to do give anybody any favors at this point. Uh, that's pretty much the exact Xbox model. You get one changed for free, I believe. And then after that, you have to pay. Um, mm-hmm. I find it interesting that some games won't work with it.
0: Because, right. So yeah. Okay. Go ahead. I, I, found, I went online and I found people who are much smarter than I am. And they explained it. And I think this, this is not old news. But to me, I never quite understood why this was such a complicated process. So this comes from Pixie the Fairy and Fox Kelfone. These are their statements about what oh, happened. Okay. The culprit is when most accounts are made, the account is an automatically generated series of numbers or letters tied to whatever you named it in the system. So, Stimer, if you booted up your PlayStation for the first time and you're like, my name is Stimer123, in the system, your name could be Stimer12345678910, blah, 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 blah. Your name is changeable because it's basically a sticker you apply over the account number. When PSN launched, however, someone didn't go with this ID, with this account ID system, but one that made the account ID literally whatever you named it forever. Oh. So typically you have an account ID and then you have like an identifier or a username. Mm -hmm. And those are usually separate, which is with the account ID being the thing the system uses to track all of your leaderboards and all the things you do. And then your username, which is just like he said, kind of like a, or he or she said, like a sticker on that. But when PSN was made way back in the day, and no one could, maybe they didn't anticipate what it would become. They made it all or nothing, and then this comes from Fox Calfone. They won't rework the structure completely to use a, un, a universe or an ID number, sorry, because they're too far in, and that would require patching every game and app that uses PSN features to read the new field. So basically, what these yep. people are saying, you're right, is they would have to go in. And I guess they'd have to patch every game so those games could be compatible with the new username because right now they're just looking for the ID, not the username. Right. They don't know how to pull the info from the username field unless everything was patched. That's my guess, and that's my understanding. Yeah, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. Basically, they built it
1: wrong, and now they're trying to figure out how to undo what they did.
0: Yeah, and like it says in this uh, statement, a large majority of the most played PS4 games that were released before this date. So your Destiny, for example, is going to be just fine.
1: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sure they had to figure all of that out.
0: Yes. And then this is kind of interesting too. If for any reason you experience issues after changing your ID, you can revert back to your original ID for... Oh, sorry, that's not the part. Reverting back to an old ID will resolve most issues caused by the ID change. And so this is what I'm wondering, what do they mean when they say subgames games aren't going to be compatible in terms of what are the issues going to be that could be caused, or that, that, that what could the issues be? Will it be that the game just doesn't work? Will it be that the game crashes? I think it, it would be,
1: yeah, like the game, I don't think enough if it would crash. I think it might, I mean, it's there might not be any save information there for you because it's looking for a name that doesn't exist. There won't be profiles. It might have issues getting online. Like I would imagine those would be the things that would interfere based on what you have told me
0: no that that kind of what i'm thinking too at first i was thinking it would be something simple as in you know your new username just won't show up it's going to show your old username but then the more i started looking into it yeah it wouldn't yeah
1: it wouldn't recognize you as the problem
0: right so it just sounds like some stuff is just gonna
1: so yeah it would i don't know if you just if you would be okay if you just kind of started over in that game or if it's a Right, if, or if if the game would get so
0: confused, <laughs> <that> <laughs> I don't know what's happening. What's Shut going down, on? Mur? Mur? Shut everything down. But no, it's uh, it's crazy that this is finally happening. I think this is something that has been worked on for many years, and I think you know, obviously, I don't know jack shit about how this technical mumble jumbo works, but clearly, it's not an easy issue. Uh, I guess, yay, that it's happening, and I guess kudos to Sony for being so transparent that this could break a lot of stuff this might not work that well it's basically like
1: here's the thing you won't shut up about
0: yeah but also
1: it might break everything just fyi
0: yeah and so i mean my my psn id is public it's just brit b-r-i-t-t with a random string of letters brit 5191 at the end and that came from a, a screen name way back in the day back when i was back a when aol instant messenger was a yeah. thing yeah I thought the string of numbers 5091 just sounded really cool together. And mm-hmm. so that was kind of like my go-to for everything leading up to even when I, like I said, I started my PSN. When I signed up for Twitter, that was my username for a while. So I think I could keep mine. I think if I could get like Blonde Nerd or Brombacher or Brittany Brombacher or something, that would be cool. But I don't know if I want to risk the headache Yeah, because my username, it's bad, but it's not atrocious like some it's of the other ones. It's not embarrassing. Right, right, right. Yeah, cause like we were yeah. saying, you know, that was, gosh, when did that, when did the PS3 come out? 2006? That was 12, I wasn't even
1: graduated from college.
0: 12, I think it was 2006. That was, what, 12 years ago. And so I was thankfully not stupid. But a lot of people, you know, who were maybe younger then made some really stupid screen names and you hear about that happening.
1: Oh so, yes. Oh yeah. yes.
0: So that's a thing that's happening. Hopefully, uh, it'll go smoothly for all parties involved. I, I guess this is a, A good lesson to those who want to build a user database. database, Yeah, don't build it
1: the way PlayStation did. This is the exact opposite of what to do. Look at Microsoft.
0: Microsoft tends
1: to build their online stuff pretty okay, which is a great segue into our next news story.
0: So this next whole thing is a segment within a segment. I've called it the next-gen new hardware shenaniganry segment in the show Mm. notes because we're going to touch on Microsoft playstation chrome and nintendo all during this oh my god so strap in ladies and gentlemen it's microsoft's- gonna be a good one. Oh yeah microsoft's new xbox game cloud streaming tech is project x cloud this comes from polygon written by allegra frank what's Lovely the x comment. for is it- Cause it's, a little,
1: it's a little x though
0: it's like the iphone or the ios it's like little- they're like nah, nah. x cloud I think that's how they want you to say it. X gonna give it sure. to you. All right. So there, <laughs> I love you, Sam. I love you so much. So there's a big long write up on the Microsoft blog. If you want to go read the whole thing, you can. I figure by the time the show comes out, you've probably already read it in its entirety. If not, it's still there. So I have a little summary here from Polygon. Xbox One games are heading up to the cloud and down onto other devices starting in 2019. Microsoft on Monday announced Project X Cloud, which it refers to as global game streaming technology that will allow users to play their console and Windows PC games on mobile devices and more. With Project X Cloud, Microsoft aims to provide a similar play experience on mobile devices as they get on Xbox One systems and PCs. The biggest hurdle, as is typical with game streaming, is minimizing lag. As the company continues to work on that, Microsoft said that it has also come up with a way to translate Xbox controls to mobile. We are testing Project xCloud today, the company wrote in a blog post. The test runs on devices, mobile phones and tablets, paired with an Xbox wireless controller through Bluetooth, and it is also playable using touch input. The immersive nature of console and PC games often requires controls that are mapped to multiple keys, buttons, sticks and triggers. We are developing a new game-specific touch input overlay that provides maximum response and a minimal footprint for players who choose to play without a controller. Currently, Project X Cloud supports 4G and 5G cellular networks and uses Microsoft Azure, the company's cloud computing service, as part of the stabi- stabilization process. Project XCloud will enter public beta in 2019 with no specific release timing announced. The service sounds much like Google's streaming platform, Project Stream, which the company revealed last week and is launching in beta in October. Microsoft beat Googled to the punch. However, Project X Cloud was first revealed during E3 2018, although that presentation was much lighter on details. Phil Spencer, the executive vice president of gaming at Microsoft, also talked up the console-less service in a 2017 interview. So, I mean, not really a surprise if no. you were a believer of the Scarlet rumors.
1: Oh, Scarlet! God, I keep bumping my microphone.
0: Like, um, mic.
1: I don't, I don't want this, but that's okay. Like, I don't need to. I don't need to want everything. Um, <laughs> don't care how
0: I want it now. I don't.
1: As much as I want to believe them that they can come up with some multi-touch interface that will feel good on a phone, I just can't imagine them actually succeeding in a way that you would be like oh yes this is how i will play my games maybe it will be good enough in a bind if you're like really hankering for yeah a bit of time with a game but like this is not enough for me this little (laughs) this screen is not enough for me
0: and i think imagine trying to play you know a heavy rpg or or skyrim or, or something any game actually not any game sorry that's an exaggeration but Any game that requires, like you said, multiple inputs. And I think that's kind of what they're going for. I feel, you know, something in a bind... Maybe they almost have to develop something like that just to say they have it.
1: Yeah, Um, it needs to be an option to play it because you can't be like, you could play it anywhere, but you need a
0: controller. (laughs) You need a controller. Exactly. Let me throw one in my purse real quick. Maybe someone will see, you know, Forza running on it or something. Like, oh, I want to try that out. And then someone be like, yo, you know, that'd be a lot better if you had an Xbox controller, you know, put in some ads here and there. And then, oh, okay. And now they just sold a controller. Um, Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I don't know, man. Uh, It's neat that they're working on it. So I think where this – I know you say you don't want this, but couldn't this essentially turn the Xbox – whatever the Xbox 2, whatever the hell you want to call it, into a Switch-like hardware? Because then that way – you know, If you don't have your console with you, you can just buy a tablet so you have a big old iPad and get a controller and take it with you on flights or wherever How you go. How are you streaming on a flight? Well, okay, flight Wi-Fi, not the best option. I'm talking more if someone – okay. Do you know what I'm saying, though? It does like, not
1: replace my Switch.
0: It does not. Okay, so because what I'm thinking is if I'm playing Fable 4, which is totally going to be a thing You need to have happens. good internet wherever you're
1: going with this, though.
0: But right, if, I'm saying if you go to a hotel, if you travel, if you're... Hotel Wi-Fi your is also garbage. Okay. There's no winning with this Christine Sammer. Ladies and gentlemen, listen, <laughs> I know you pick up what I'm putting down. Maybe you have one TV in your household, and maybe maybe your husband or wife wants to watch some cooking show, and you're like, but babe, I was beating bosses in in Fable 5. Now, now it's Fable 5. Mm, yeah, and it's in the future. They're like... I got to watch his cooking show. So instead of causing a fight and potentially ruining your relationship, you buy two TVs. Stimer, (laughs) stop it. (laughs) Yes, i sure you buy a fucking TV. It's fine. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I know people out there are picking up what I'm putting down. I don't necessarily want this myself for like, nothing's going to replace. I say this now. We'll see what happens in 20 years. Nothing's going to replace my console, my hardware. I, I like the physical box underneath my TV. That's just what I love. But if it is as easy as pulling out my iPad 19 by that point and pairing my controller with it and picking up Dragon Age Inquisition version 27 and playing that on the go, like that's great for me too. Yeah?
1: I uh, <laughs> minus the last part of that sentence. Yes. I totally <laughs> I agree with there's this I've I like my boxes. I like them under my television. I like that they don't require internet all of the time because sometimes your internet goes out. And uh, then you can still play a video game. And that's pretty, pretty, pretty cute. Cool.
0: That's pretty cute. Cool. I guess this would also be more beneficial for people who don't want to buy a console, who just want a tablet and can make this stuff work Yeah, expensive. if you can't afford... Yeah, exactly. If, okay, well, if well, you then. are somebody who can't afford these things... Question. Yeah. So currently, Project X Cloud supports 4G and 5G cellular networks. So would that mean that you could technically play this if without Wi-Fi if oh you, that's true just, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 I don't know
1: how I don't know how good that I don't know to me I'm like you, I'm skeptical, Sally and I'm just yeah. like I is it really gonna be that good with lag on a 4G or 5G cellular network? maybe it is maybe it is.
0: Maybe. We don't know. But, Someone let us know. <laughs>
1: but I do think that that's actually a really good point. There are obviously families and things that can't, you can't afford a, you know, controller, but you might still want to, a controller? That's not what I meant to say. <laughs> a, co- <laughs> a, console. a console. A console. A console. So like that, like I'd mentioned for Google's, I forgot what they called it already. Project Stream. Project Stream. Very original. I think name. that these are, these are good options for those who are not like us, um, mm-hmm. and just like they don't they don't have the desire or capacity to have like all this crap at their house.
0: Right. Yeah, <laughs> it's want. like if Candy Crush impresses you on your phone. Wait until you can play a next gen console title. Speaking er, of er, Speaking of Google. Pro- Google's Project Stream. So we talked about this last week, how they were all, well, hold on, we're going to show you Assassin's Creed Odyssey and you can play it in Chrome and in Chrome Alone. And I think... Chrome were- Alone. Chrome Alone. Ha ha ha. That sounds like That's a... good. It's Home Alone. Yeah, Home Alone. Uh, Samer and I think we're both kind of skeptical Sally's on that. But, you know, it's been out and some people have played it. And I have some notes here from Austin Gosselin from Polygon who has played it for a bit. I think maybe like, I don't know how long he played it. Honestly, I didn't write that down. But here are some, here's some feedback from him. He said, Assassin's Creed Odyssey runs about as well from the cloud as if you had just installed the game normally. Movement is responsive and combat feels fluid. Even dodging enemy attacks was easy and I never fell victim to the kind of input lag that often has plagued game streaming in the past. The game's visual options menu is bereft of its usual choices and instead offers brightness as the only options, everything else is handled dynamically by Project Stream. With nothing else happening on my home network, it comfortably ran at 1080p on what would likely pass for medium or occasionally high settings. The only consistent downside to the streaming version of the game, which I found across all hardware and connections I tried, was some fairly aggressive audio compression. This was, at its very worst, a noticeable issue, and that was only during some of the game's louder cutscenes. For the most part, while wandering around the world and completing quests, the audio was perfectly fine. When I loaded my network down with streams and downloads, the game slipped slightly, muddying the textures slightly, or even sliding down to a slightly lower resolution. It still never dropped frames or struggled to keep up with my button presses is funny the only place that wouldn't allow the game to play was the local coffee shop also known as starbucks when i took the same laptop there and signed on to the in-store internet project stream wouldn't load the game at all it turns out starbucks wi-fi wasn't quite cut out for the rigors of streaming a game released last week
1: that's cool though i mean not that you can't i mean starbucks is probably very grateful you can't play games on their wi-fi i'm sure they will keep it that way uh, for sure because <laughs> they're gonna be like no get out of here you you guys already sit here for too long buying one coffee get out of here with your nonsense <laughs> um but once you know if that project x cloud has that 4g and 5g and they figure that shit out they are in trouble
0: starbucks will no longer be the uh calm cool place serene place you can go to read your bookstore the newspaper or do your
1: light mm-hmm. work it's gonna no. be a
0: they're gonna turn into those what gonna are
1: they be called? a pc
0: cafe that's exactly what I was looking for. Thank you, Samer. So, no, this is this is encouraging. I honestly didn't know what to expect. I mean, when Google's like, it works fine. You know, you think, does it really? But I haven't really read anything super negative about this. And obviously, this is just—it's new. It's in its infancy, and I can only imagine that it can only get better from here. Yeah. So this so far sounds so good. So I feel like the Project X Cloud is—it uh, looks good. It's Looks a good prospect. Good. It's a good prospect. All right. And next other next gen. Do you news. want me to read a story? Sure. Go for it. I'm just
1: like, are you tired?
0: <laughs> nah, I, I got this. <gasps> okay. If you want to read it. Okay. I, I want to read it. And okay. We can pass read off. it. Okay. Thanks. Thank you, Summer. Next other next gen news. Sony confirms it's working on the next PlayStation console. Derp now I know derp. this is a no brainer, but we'll, we'll tie this in with something here. This comes from Polygon Samit Sakar. Sorry if I said your name wrong. With the fifth anniversary of the PlayStation 4's debut approaching, Sony has confirmed that it is developing a successor to the console. Mm. At this point, what I can say is it's necessary to have a next-generation hardware, said Kenichiro Yoshida, Sony's president and CEO, in an interview with the Financial Times. Yoshida did not name the console, so there's no information yet on whether it will officially be called the PlayStation 5. There's also no word on a release window, although John Codera, the CEO of Sony Interactive Entertainment, that's the official name of the company's gaming division, suggested in May that the next PlayStation is at least three years away. In May, Codera said, we will use the next three years to prepare for the next step to crouch down so that we can jump higher in the future. Sony, <laughs> what a- I know, that's such uh, a funny visual. It, <laughs> it is. All of Sony's execs, like, it's just, like sl- they're slowly like crouching down and every day. They get lower and lower into the ground, and then they're just going to spring up.
1: Like I don't like know. Phoenix? I don't know that a low crouch does help you jump higher. Is that I feel scientifically like it actually, proven?
0: I don't know because I feel like actually that would impact negatively impact your jump because then you have to fight gravity even more. I don't know. Unless
1: it's I think a slow thing. crouch is bad. I think a fast crouch makes sense.
0: Okay, um, but I don't know. Wrapping this up, Sony plans to employ that strategy through its 2020 fiscal year, which ends in the spring of 2021. So the PS5 may not come until after that point. Now, this next little mini story is sorta of kinda of tied in with this. Okay. The Internet thinks it's discovered the release here for PS5 and Xbox Scarlet, all thanks to a Call of Duty job listing. The Internet <laughs> thinks it's very smart all of the time. I know. I know. This comes from Alex Ward at GamesRadar. Infinity Ward, the Activision owned studio behind the acclaimed Call of Duty Modern Warfare series, recently posted a job vacancy on the recruitment site LinkedIn for a temporary associate game designer who would need to have a, quote, strong interest and passion for first-person shooter games to work on a, quote, an exciting, unannounced next-gen title. Okay, a next-gen Call of Duty game is in the works. So what? Well, putting our deductive reasoning hats on for a second, we know that Infinity Ward is scheduled to release next year's Call of Duty game. Is this the unannounced next-gen title in the job listing? And if so, does that mean both the PS5 and Xbox Project Scarlet will be out in time for its launch, which would be obviously holiday of 2019? Uh, No. <laughs> no, I
1: hear you. <laughs> um, I think... They are putting too much stock in the fact that they will have... Actually, I don't even remember. Who's doing this one's Call of Duty? Is it Sledge? No.
0: I am totally... I already blamed. forgot. They do have different studios that will Oh, Treyarch. Work... Treyarch. Treyarch. It's Sorry. Treyarch This here? Yeah. Oh, yeah.
1: That makes sense. derp, derp. Derp, derp. derp so, derp. hold on. You stall for a minute.
0: I will stall all you want. So, if this... Let's say this PS five does come out in twenty twenty one. That would mean that there would be an eight year gap between launch of PS four and PS five, which would make it the longest gap in PlayStation history. It usually averages what, like seven years, six or seven years. But uh what's interesting about this console generation is that we have these new midlife upgrades. You know, you have PS four pro, you have the Xbox One X. So I would say that a longer cycle isn't necessarily weird or out of out of question. Mm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Did I solve enough for you? You did. Uh, it okay. did. What I
1: looked up didn't help me at all, but that's okay. Uh, I just find it, I don't know. Like, I'm like, yeah, sure. They might be working on an, a, next gen title, but I don't think it's going to be next year. If it is no. cool, I guess.
0: Yeah. I, 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 okay. Here's the this. I'll, I'm going to buy the PS5. I'm going to buy the, the Xbox Scarlett regardless of when it comes out. Cause that's just what I do. And that's, that's my career. So it's how I justify it. But I mean, next year seems kind of early. I think everyone has this magic number of 2020 in their head. Mm. I don't know. If that's just because 2020 is a satisfying number to say. It and is a and satisfying
1: number. Can you imagine? Does that be like a nice release date for things? It's right. in 2020. And you're like, yeah.
0: Yeah. So obviously this could be uh a new, a new IP Infinity Ward is working on. It could yep. be uh, a whole. It could be a whole new, a whole new thing. It could just be for yeah. maybe their 2022 game that they're going to put out. Because the cycle of Treyarch, Infinity Ward, and Sledgehammer has been going on since 2012, and that cycle has not been disrupted. No, nope. but that's not to say it can't be disrupted.
1: Yeah, and also it's important to know like uh, a lot of those studios work together. Like, so this, uh, I don't know about this particular one. I do know past ones, uh, where sometimes all of those studios are working on them in some capacity, not full time, but so like, it's not crazy. It's not crazy for this to be a a thing. Also, I would just laugh if somebody meant something else. Cause I feel like we we always (laughs) call everything next to, I don't
0: know. (laughs) No, for sure. And, and I, yeah, that's kind of, that was kind of my first thought too, is maybe it was just an innocent little like, woohoo, like fancy up my job listing, you know, Mm -hmm. a a next gen title. Or maybe it could be a a cross gen thing in 2019. Maybe when Infinity Ward's game comes out, it's also going to be available for launch on PS5, maybe the next year, next six months later. I mean, who knows? We don't know. But I wouldn't, Obviously, like you said, the internet thinks it's right about a lot of things. It really
1: does. And the, the annoying part is, is when that's correct, they're really obnoxious about it. But when they're wrong, they never admit it.
0: Oh, yeah. That it's sounds just like, like typical uh, human nature.
1: Right? Yeah. It's just like, oh, I just forget <laughs> that I said anything anyway. And you're like, fuck <laughs> you. Uh, like, I, I don't know. It was a long time ago, but when I was still at IGN, EA basically like announced... Ma- i think it was three maybe it was two but uh it was one of the mass effects mm. and uh that they released this trailer and they were like oh it's a new game from bioware and everyone was like it's shattered steel and i was like it's not fucking shattered steel what are you talking about it's mass effect and they're like but we've already we already know mass effects a trilogy i'm like yeah but you don't understand pr and how stupid it is and like <laughs> this is what they're doing and then sure enough and I even, I think I put it out in an article that was like, this is why it's Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. And then every, I, all the comments were like, you're a fucking idiot. I can't believe how stupid you are. And then it was Mass Effect.
0: And no one apologized. See? No, of course not. Sweep that under the rug. They only keep tallies for the things they win. Yes. And they get right. Precisely. That's how it goes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, this is this is something, it's fun because we're kind of at that point in the life cycle now where... Everyone's thinking a little ahead and when little silly things like this pop up, everyone gets their panties in a tight and twisted bundle and then we can talk about it. But yeah, don't, don't make a very important bet off of this. Don't,
1: yeah, like, I'm not, your yeah. firstborn. Exactly. Child. <laughs> probably, yeah, that would be a good idea to just never bet your firstborn child. But like <laughs> if you were going to probably wouldn't pick this of all of the things. Don't pick this one. Yeah. Don't pick this one. It's possible. Anything is possible. Mm-hmm. But like, like, you don't. know, PlayStation's Station's finally letting you change your name. So anything is possible in life.
0: Anything is possible when you look this good with the Barbie Magic Hairstyler. Okay, so... <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is going to get real random. I'm going to go way off, way you, off you the rails You derail this train. You let's derailing. take it off-road. We're off-roading we're, with the train. We're, I, we're fucking off-roading out through the train of Red Dead Redemption 2. So there, I had this game back in the day called Barbie's Magic Hairstyler. I believe that was the exact title of it. And the commercial or the way they marketed it was... Anything is possible when you look this good with a Barbie Magic Hairstyler, which they're of course not wrong. It's awful. I, I mean, <laughs> just, I was just about to say it's awful, terrible message to send to people. But
1: <laughs> I'm sarcastically going to agree with it.
0: Perfect. And it was this game where you would have a Barbie doll and you could grow her hair out. You could cut it how you wanted to. You could apply her makeup however you wanted to. You can put her in any sort of outfits. This sounds like my like dream game. Dude, like, I legit loved that game. It was PC. And I was probably, okay, now I gotta look this up. I gotta see what year this released. Cause I played this so long. Okay, 1997. Yep, yeah, Barbie Magic Hairstyler is the name of it. You can give her custom glasses and eyeshadow. so i was nine years old when i was playing this on pc
1: it was preparing you for all the character customizations that you'll have to do later in life
0: that was my first character because actually that was probably crystal's ponytail on the genesis where you got to choose the color mane of your pony either way this one really prepared me for my character creation screen that i would ultimately discover down the line in bioware games so whenever, whenever anyone says anything is possible, it triggers in my head and I have to blurt it out and tell a very awkward story. Okay. That's okay. I have a lot of
1: those for like, uh, but it's, it's Bubsy, the original Bubsy on oh, yeah, Super no, Nintendo. No. Uh, and like those, those lines from those chapters will play in my head when someone says something cause they're all stupid quips. Yep. Um, and no one would ever know what I'm talking about. So I just let it play in my head.
0: See, but for once. I feel like it's, it's a good conversation starter. If you blurt something out and then someone can ask you about it, unless well, they think you're weird. Those are so generic for the most part that it
1: doesn't really work. Like one's like,
0: did I, I, mentioned I'm afraid of heights, but
1: like in a weird cat voice. And then, uh, what was the other, like I can't think of them off topic, but they pop in there. Like when someone says something mm-hmm. and it's, it's just really dumb, but, but no, it lives I, in my brain forever because I, had to replay those levels so many times because we played the shit out of that game.
0: That they're just kind of permanently embedded. It's like when, uh, yeah. uh someone tries quote, quote, clueless or if someone says something that's in clueless, we both just start rambling off the quotes. Oh yeah. That's, like that's a in there forever. All right. We are coming off of the rocky terrain and we are putting this train back on the rails. Okay. Going back and Rerail saying, me. <laughs> Wait, that Rerail- sounds really dirty. <laughs> Rerail me, she said. That's what she said. Uh, Oh, dear. Oh, that was good. I'm going to write that down so I remember that one. Rerail (laughs) me. Perfect. Okay. So, new Nintendo Switch hardware coming in 2019. This comes from Matt at Nintendo Everything. According to a translation of a report from the Wall Street Journal Japan, Nintendo plans to launch a new version of the Switch in the second half of this year. I think he means next year. Nintendo is still debating what new hardware and software features to include in the upgrade and weighing the cost of the features, people with knowledge of the discussion said. "One option is improving the display? The current Switch uses a lower-end liquid crystal display without some technologies that are standard in more recent smartphone LCDs. Updating the display with these technologies would make it brighter, thinner, and more energy efficient. The updated Switch isn't expected to adopt the organic light-emitting... How do you say that word, Simon? Diode. G- Diode, I don't okay. Diode or OLED panels used in Apple Inc.'s uh, iPhone X series. Nintendo was looking to release the new Switch in the latter half of 2019, perhaps as soon as summer. The people said. So this the actually the people said that people said it. So this news broke <laughs> last week after we shot the show, but I felt like since we haven't talked about it, it's relevant in this little next gen segment shenanigan resegment. Yeah, is the way. So, wait, so, so is the only thing a display. So no one knows. So all we really know at this point, if you are going to believe this, which it sounds like it's pretty legit, uh, that new Switch hardware is coming in the second half of 2019. Nintendo apparently doesn't know what they want to do yet, but they want to put okay. out a bigger, a better version of the Switch. I guess better is relative. So what's yeah. kind of interesting about this is that the typical, we've seen, you know, Xbox One X and PS4 Pro. Those, it's, those have been about three to four years out from original release. Yes. This would be less than two years out from the Switch's release. Yep. So. Feels bad, man. Feels bad, man.
1: But then, yeah, it's one of those things where if the newer, shinier one would only be really early adopted by like super, like mega intense hardcore Nintendo fans and even maybe not them because Mm -hmm. why, why? I mean, unless it's. Well. I don't know because I, yeah, nice, nicer displays are nicer. Obviously a mm-hmm. OLED would be cool. Uh, but if it's not expected to even adopt the OLED, then what the fuck? Uh, and <laughs> then I'm like, I assume it would have better chips in it. Maybe like a better processing power. Maybe you could finally save your save files in a way that's not stupid, but <laughs> I don't know. I'm like the switch is fine. I don't know that it, I don't know. I don't know what it needs. Apparently Nintendo doesn't either. So like
0: so here we are. So here yeah, we are. Yeah. I mean, as someone who would probably go out and buy a better Switch day one, um I Yeah, it's hard cuz I, I like from it. What would I need from it? And that's the thing is I like my Switch the way it is. However, if it's more powerful, if it runs things better, I don't know the technical mumbo jumbo guts and technology and terminology Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. Sure. But if it, if it runs better, faster, because obviously a lot of games take a hit when you're playing in, uh, undocked mode, portable mode. And I love my Switch for the portability of it because I travel a lot. And obviously, little ga- and recently, Little Dragon's Cafe is one of those games where the low times are pretty bad. I think the low times are actually bad, both docked and undocked. But when it's not docked and you're playing it handheld, it definitely the camera like chugs a little bit and it's just not very fun to look at. Uh, I've played several games that have that issue. So if it could be more powerful and it could alleviate that issue, that'd be awesome. Also, also, a better kickstand for fuck's sake. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, that I don't flimsy use that, but yeah, piece of crap. It's barely bolted. Pretty- <laughs> pretty, pretty bad. Uh, I think the one
1: thing that would make me more interested is something that they kind of touched on in that it's, if it's thinner, it's probably going to be lighter. I would assume Mm -hmm. the Mm -hmm. lighter might be nice because, uh, it does get a little bit heavy after a while. Just hold it. I hold. I just hold it. hold that bitch.
0: It's like a weightlifting <laughs> regimen. Yeah, I just do some
1: yeah. bicep curls with it. Bicep awesome. curls with my <laughs>
0: life switch.
1: But uh, otherwise, I mean, the weight's not a huge issue, but it is an issue. The kickstand is garbage, so I don't use it.
0: Maybe a better um, battery life would be nice. Oh, that would be nice.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it could use minor updates. It's fine with me. I don't really, I don't know if I would get it immediately if they made it pretty shiny colors maybe um Mm -hmm. but for now i I think the switch is fine it does what it needs to do
0: now would you be interested in an undockable switch so just a purely handheld switch i would Uh, i don't
1: know how other people of the world would feel because i feel like i'm the only one who only keeps it undocked
0: because that's one of the more rampant rumors or, or hopes. Actually, a lot of people are hoping that it's just a switch that you don't, you can't dock. But I'm like, why would you want that? Unless I'm misunderstanding what they want. Because I like the option, so I don't. The option's know what's
1: fine. I don't even have the dock set up. It's tucked away looks, somewhere.
0: Yeah, I don't know, but, but we'll we'll see. We'll we see will all. indeed. We will one, one like time. All of the. The big hardware folks got shit brewing. Google's in the mix now. Mm Mm-hmm. Stuff is happening. Indeed. And that is the Oh, go ahead. Not girl, I was wrapping this up. No, go wrap it. Alright. And that is the end of our next gen hardware segments. Put a
1: fork in it. I was just gonna say I want to read this next story very badly because of a comment that happens in it.
0: Okay. So
1: Sources say Microsoft is close to buying Obsidian. This is by Jason Trier of Kotaku. So you know it's legit? It's fairly, yeah. I mean, he doesn't post crap, so yes. No. Um, Microsoft is finalizing a deal to acquire the independent development studio Obsidian Entertainment, according to three people briefed on the negotiations. We don't know if he gets on paper yet, and plenty of major acquisition deals have fallen apart in the final hours, but those close to companies believe it is all but done. One person with knowledge of the deal told Kotaku they had heard it was ninety percent finished, said a second person, it is a matter of when and not if. Obsidian, best known for its critically acclaimed role playing games like Knights of the Old Republic two and Fallout New Vegas, has been independent since it was founded in two thousand three. That is the year I graduated high school. Damn girl. <laughs> I think. Yes, that's right. That's right. Um the Irvine, California-based studio has been long beloved by RPG fans, but has often faced financial strains, nearly going out of business in 2012, before it signed a deal for an online tank game and launched a Kickstarter for the isometric throwback that would become Pillars of Eternity. Oh, wow. One compelling argument for the sale is that being owned by a company with deep pockets will offer Obsidian stability and resources the likes of which it has never seen before. We do not comment on rumors or speculation, said a Microsoft spokesperson. And then the world's greatest comment by any (laughs) PR ever. Unfortunately, we don't comment on rumors or speculation other than to say that the rumors album by Fleetwood Mac still holds up. Said an Obsidian spokesperson. (laughs) So good. Fucking (laughs) mic drop. I fucking love that. That is a great album. Fleetwood Mac is amazing. If you've never listened to Fleetwood Mac, go listen to this album. They're great. It's very, it's old, it's old ass music. Um, a person familiar with goings on at Microsoft said the company has been looking to bolster its PC development, which makes the PC focused Obsidian a perfect fit. Also, it kind of seems, this is me now, not the story. It seems like uh, they are now headed toward realizing they need more studios of talent, like with talent to make exclusive games so that they can oh, sell yeah. consoles. So this would make sense. <laughs>
0: This is awesome. I have some friends at Obsidian, and they're just really fun, talented people. So I love – I'm not surprised that they had this amazing Fleetwood Mac quote in here. So good. Um, yeah, so this is – like you said, Simer, I think this is – we probably wouldn't be reporting on this if Jason Schreier didn't write this. But I think with all the next-gen talk we have going on that I think Microsoft is really setting them setting themselves up for great success next generation. Between this and all the other studios they just announced at E3, and I'm sure we're going to be hearing a lot more about new acquisitions, Game Pass, and smart backwards compatibility. I'm very excited to see what next generation is going to hold. I feel like... You know that cliche quote that well, I don't even know what the quote is, but when you kind of in a <laughs> I don't know the quote, but I know the meaning. When you're kind of in a rough spot, it forces you to innovate. And when get you are created. between oh no no I was gonna say
1: when you're between a rock and a hard place well, that's yeah, not that's it that's not it either. That's not it. So
0: yeah, I'm not gonna de- I'm not gonna be dramatic and say Microsoft has hit rock bottom. and They can only go up from here because it's obviously not the case. But what I'm saying is I think if they weren't so behind in this console race i hate saying that it makes me wonder Would they have implemented all of these awesome consumer-friendly features and would they have acquired all of these studios maybe maybe not no because way, i think
1: you can kind of you already said like they basically are flip-flopping or, or not flip-flopping but the roles flipped xbox 360 was fucking awesome right. i didn't really play much of my ps3 i played the exclusives only and i played literally everything else on my xbox That because like and that was the year that PlayStation got like kind of cocky and they were like get a second job buy our console bitches and then it flipped and Xbox was big too big for their britches with like coming off the 360 Mm -hmm. and now it's like. I think everyone had a slice of humble pie and so now Ooh. so now the next generation I'm super excited to see because both have the knowledge that they need in order to make something really cool and consumer friendly um so I I like you am stoked for whatever next 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 gen
0: next 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 yeah and just for some more information on what Obsidian has made in the past I have a little list here. Yeah. So Neverwinter Nights 2. Freaking mm-hmm. awesome. Alpha Protocol, Fallout New Vegas, Dungeon Siege 3, South Park Sick of Truth, Pillars of Eternity, Skyforge, Pathfinder Adventures, which is really fun, Pillars of Eternity 2 Deadfire, and they are currently working on a new RPG that's going to be published by Private Division, which is a label of 2K Games, and this was announced late last year. We don't really know anything about this title or what consoles it's for or anything like that, so it'll be... I'm curious to see when or when this deal goes through or if it goes through, how that will affect this contract they have with private division. If mm-hmm. you know, but well, I mean, it's not gonna be a huge deal, but I'll be, be kind of curious if it is for a multi-platform deal, you know, will Microsoft be like, all right, go ahead, finish your obligations. Will they absorb the contract? Will they just buy it out? Who knows? Yeah. That I don't know how I, I don't
1: know enough about contract law to know what happens when a, when a, a, a place is acquired. Uh, if it, Somehow voids those prior contracts or not, or if it's like up to, up to them to figure it out. Mm. Uh, so I don't know, but
0: interesting. I don't know. Interesting Very, inter- very interesting. And, and again, I'm just good job, Microsoft. I think you're making some really good moves. That is a That's good move. Obsidian's I'd- a
1: great, would be a great move. Platinum was a, wait, yes, platinum was a great move. Is that what I'm thinking of? Platinum? No.
0: I'm not sure. I'm not thinking.
1: So, of, I'm uh, thinking. Of who did? Uh, N- it's Ninja Theory. Sorry, Ninja Theory. Yeah, yeah. I was
0: like so E3. <laughs> they announced acquisition of Playground, which is Forza. Also, that's the development studio rumored to be working on Fable Four. Oh, uh, Ninja Theory, Hellblade, obviously, Compulsion Games, We Happy Few, and then Undead, Undead Lab. Almost said Undead. Undead, undead labs, labs, State of Decay, and then there's the initiative, which is uh headed by former Crystal Dynamics boss. I, I don't say. think it's
1: like a real thing yet, though. That's like that's the make-believe studio here in LA
0: yeah I don't think they don't have any projects right now is that what you mean yes. by make believe yes okay I was like I think it's a real thing oh no, sorry yes it is a real thing <laughs> I just mean like it's not quite a real boy yet not quite a real boy it's a real it's 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 a it's a boy with dreams and ambitions no it's
1: Pinocchio it's legit Pinocchio it's, right now legit Pinocchio <laughs> it's Pinocchio one day it will be a real boy
0: I but, love that analogy yeah that's great All right. Well, good job, Microsoft. Keep making moves. You're doing good work. Mm -hmm. Moving on. Telltale's Walking Dead, the final season, will get its ending through Robert Kirkman's Skybound. This has been a roller coaster of a saga. Yes. We have been following for weeks now. So Robert Kirkman announced that the final episodes of Telltale Games' The Walking Dead, the final season, will be released via his company, Skybound, during the Walking Dead panel at New York Comic-Con on Saturday. That was October 6th. We've successfully negotiated with Telltale Games for our company Skybound to come in and see season four of the Telltale game to completion, Kirkman said. According to a statement from Skybound, the company has, quote, taken ownership of Telltale's The Walking Dead, the final season, and will finish the season. Skybound will work with members of the original Telltale team to finish the story in a way the fans deserve. Skybound will continue to update fans on the status of the game on Skybound.com, Twitter, and Facebook, end quote. On Twitter, Skybound posted a message saying, quote, we're so happy to announce, I should be that right, okay. we're so happy. So it's, happy. So, I so, mean, it's this is the
1: same thing. Yeah.
0: We're th- oh, is it?
1: I mean, it's just saying that it, it's not, that's not new information. Well, th- there's
0: an extra sentence at the end. Ah. The final season. Let's wrap up Clem's story right. More details to come soon. This announcement that Skybound will complete the final two chapters of The Walking Dead the final season is in line with a recent report from Kotaku, which said Telltale was looking for another company to have to hire its former employees on a contract basis. Kotaka's report also claimed episode three is essentially finished with some voice work already done on episode four. Skybound, which is best known for its comics division, announced a new game publishing division in April. The company has been getting increasingly more involved in the video game space in recent years, having released titles such as The Walking Dead, Roadster Survival, Superfight, and Giant Cop just as above all. Skybound Entertainment also created a video game adapt- adaption of Kirkman's Thief of Thieves. Kirkman made the announcement of Skybound taking over The Walking Dead the final season during The Walking Dead's Comic-Con panel, New York Comic-Con panel, commenting that the world can't lose Andrew Lincoln and Clementine in the same year. The panel uh, did spoilers, say I <laughs> I mean, I think that's pretty public at this point, okay. isn't it? That I don't know. Peak. I didn't know. Uh, Oh yeah, I know it's he already like the last scene has already been revealed to people and everything. So I don't think that's Oh. No. I I've haven't watched the, the Walking Dead in a very long time, so I don't care. No, I don't know if he's being killed off or if he's just leaving the show. I don't know what's happening. Anyway.
1: I would want to stop doing that show.
0: Yeah, isn't that that was a it's a long a run, of, man. Season that nine. I mean sat for a while there. That was that was the hot shit.
1: Yeah. That was, that but was it was it. always like slightly off.
0: Well, yeah. I feel yeah. It became less about the zombies, more about the people. Which it's I always get it. been and, about the people. I know, but that's a, this is a pet peeve of mine anyway. I know. We'll You're like, zombies. Like I got to keep this train on the tracks, right? Sorry. Sort of. Sorry. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this is... this. I'm hesitant to say this is good news. I, I'm happy for the fans. It sounds like Skybound is trying to or is hiring former members of Telltale for a contract basis, like the story said. So it's good that hopefully some former employees are getting some work, some income. Obviously this doesn't put a dent in the shithole that they faced in terms of, you know, you got 30 minutes to get out. We're laying everyone off. Yeah. Get out of here. Blah, blah, blah. And it makes me wonder, you know, it sounds like telltale claimed that they had used every or explored every possible Avenue to try to keep this ship afloat. But it sounds like, you know, obviously you didn't explore this route. So what I thought that was, it was
1: so strange. I mean, this only makes sense, obviously, for The Walking Dead, Right. but yeah, it's, it's bizarre to me that they wouldn't have tried this for at least that series for at least to be like, look, the company's closing, but we're keeping The Walking Dead team on to finish with Skybound, blah, 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 blah. So that part is just bizarre to me. I mean, the whole, the whole thing is bizarre. The whole
0: thing is just fucked. I don't Here's, know
1: how Telltale could have possibly fucked this up this much, but I'll congratulations, you. sirs.
0: You did real good. We have a dear WGG, which is a dear WG, dear WGG question, which is a tier on our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash what's good games. If you want to answer us questions, this comes from Brandon Gann. And now Brandon Gann, we've had a hell of a time with your name, sir. I called you. Well, gosh. First gone. of all, we always said we always said "gone," and then finally I got the "gan" right. But then I wrote your name down wrong, and it was some other B name. Brad Gan. I don't know. I called you. I'm going to laugh of if his name's
1: not Brandon.
0: No, I double checked. It's okay. a Brandon. <laughs> brandon stop Gann. calling me brandon
1: why are you I calling know. me brandon
0: oh god brandon Gann. i'm gonna start calling him brandon gannon he says hello what's good with skybound now owning the walking dead the final season how do you ladies think this will be handled from having members of the original team working on the game to the game itself thanks for taking my question if you do and have a wonderful rest of your day well thank you sir yeah thanks
1: It's got to be hard to be one of those people who was working on this, got laid off, uh, like, fucking unceremoniously escorted out of the building. And then now to be like, but by the way, please come back and finish this thing. On a contract basis, you are 1000% not still having a job after this. This is also interfering with your ability to find another job because you can't be interviewing probably while you're doing this because you need to be working Ah. on this project. I... I just have so many mixed feelings about it because I'm like, it's fine it, it, and it's all well and done that you want to finish this story. That makes sense, right? You should want. Right. They should want to finish Clem's story, but they just fucked over their employees so hard that it makes it me real bad. It makes me want to be like, no, you don't get to finish this.
0: <laughs> you no, I totally you did a bad you. thing. Yeah, I, I totally hear you. I mean, the silver lining to this is if it can get. What happened to those poor employees at Telltale is just unforgivable, and it's awful, and it's terrible, and it's just utterly disgusting, honestly. If this can help some folks get some more income while... I mean, I would hope they would say, please continue to interview while you're working on this, because we I know just mean that-
1: time-wise.
0: Like I know, sure. especially when when this came out,
1: and people talked about how Telltale didn't... Treat employees very well. It's a lot of crunch because they are episodic things. Everything's being changed at the last minute. So can you imagine trying to find a job while doing that? No, that's going to be, that's just too hard. Granted, right. if you have a family or something and you're like, I just need income now. Like I just, I, cause I didn't expect to be right. out of a job. Great. Like this will help for a temporary amount of time. Um, yeah. it's just got to be the world's most awkward working situation.
0: So terrible. I, I feel like at least things aren't getting worse. If that's an overly optimistic <laughs> thing to say, I feel like every, worse, every time, <laughs> every time a story broke about this, it was like, okay, what fucked up thing happened about the seat? What, what are we learning about it more? Um, as far as the game itself, like I said in here, it looks like episode three is quote, essentially finished. And there's already been some voice work done on episode four. So, I mean, it sounds like everything's already written out, done, completed. It was just a matter of actually getting it. Getting it I done. Guess, getting it done in terms of creating it and putting it into the medium and all the, the things that happened in video game world to get things from idea and storyboards to your console.
1: Yeah. Um, so, so,
0: I mean, I, hopefully without, I mean, I
1: don't know how small of a, of a team they're going t- to try to get these out with. Um, but I wonder if that will either help or hinder in the sense that what could have been happening as part of the mega clusterfuck that was telltale is too many cooks in the kitchen and like people making too many changes at the last minute or like throwing things out. So if there's less people to do that, maybe this will go better, but then alternatively it could go worse because there are less people. Also, these people are not as motivated as they once were. I would assume.
0: Oh man.
1: Like, yeah. I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. I'm not going to play it cause I just don't, I haven't played a Telltale game in a while. Sorry, I was part of the problem. Um, but no. it's, uh, it'll be interesting to see how people receive it and whether or not they think if, whether or not there's any noticeable quality difference between the first couple and, and what comes out later.
0: Morale is probably so shit right now, understandably so. But I mean, I imagine developers take a lot of pride in their work. They're like, no. Yeah. I'm not saying they're going to tank it for
1: for purpose i'm just saying <laughs> like you're not gonna be like Mur, fuck this but uh i just yeah. think it's it's harder to be as passionate once you've been wronged in that way
0: oh for sure i'm very excited for the uh ult- the ultimate ultimate is that the word i'm looking for no the what's the okay the word where something obvious is going to happen and you, you know it's going to happen down the line the oh come on like I know there's going to be a documentary out about this someday where it's going to where mm. the it's, inevitable. No. Thank you.
1: Oh, OK. No, oh.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I was looking for. Okay. Thank you. The inevitable documentary on this. It's going to be a tell all. People are going to share their stories. We're going to hear a lot more, I think, gritty, gross details about what happened. Oh, yeah. But hopefully everyone lands on their feet.
1: I, okay. Yeah, I, I do hope so
0: you want to get this next one, baby girl? Sure, because it's my
1: favorite subject.
0: Uh, <laughs>
1: the first part of the sentence is totally fine. Borderlands 2. I love Borderlands. It's coming to VR. Crickets. Where are the crickets? <laughs> the crickets. Um, so Borderlands 2 is getting a virtual reality version. 2K and Gearbox announced that a new version of the 2012 game, Borderlands 2 VR, will arrive for PlayStation VR on December 14th. The VR edition was developed in-house at Gearbox Software. It's the same Borderlands 2 experience you remember, but in VR and with a few twists. The VR edition includes a feature that lets you slow down time, and it is called Badass Mega Fun Time, or BAMF time. (laughs) (laughs) Activating BAMF time will give you the speed and reflexes of a rabid skag, allowing you to dodge bullets, pull off 360 no-scope headshots, and even use your action skill to fight off hordes of bandits, mongs, or whatever else Pandora might throw at you, Gearbox producer Brian Burleson said in a blog post. Unlike the traditional Borderlands 2 game, the VR edition is exclusively single-player. That meant Gearbox had to adjust character skills that required a co-op partner, including Maya's res ability. Gearbox also updated the skills off the game's four classes, Siren, Commando, Gunzerker, and Assassin, with unique combat styles, that's in quotes, uh, that make use of (laughs) virtual reality in some capacity. And when driving vehicles, you control the steering wheel with the motion controllers and the headset. Additionally, you can move around the world with either a traditional joystick approach or through a pointed teleportation mode. Everyone who pre-orders gets a dynamic PS4 theme featuring the four main characters, Salvador Maya, Axon, and Zero. In the U.S., Borderlands 2 costs $50, but international pricing was not announced. Brittany, yeah. you like VR.
0: I do like VR. And... Is this a game you wanted in VR? I, no, I. <laughs> I'm trying to feel. I'm trying to assess how I feel about this. So I love Borderlands. I love Borderlands too. I've had some of the most fun in those games. But I mean, this isn't something I need. But since it's a thing that will be available, maybe I'll give it a shot. And maybe I'll try it out just so I can kind of see what Pandora looks like. and vr mode i mean that world is so interesting and it's so funny and so quirky that it could be fun to see the vaults and just see all the cool guns and all the bully bully dudes and the skags and all that kind i want to see the uh oh god what's it is it? bully toot what are the what's the fart the, the 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 enemy that has the fart at the end of it do you know what i'm talking about
1: not off the top of my head no
0: okay okay hold on i'm gonna look this up but Steimer, this won't this won't get you into into VR.
1: No, at no, all. no, not not in a million years, um, because especially I don't like Borderlands single player. I actually think Borderlands gets very boring when I'm playing by myself. I love yeah. Borderlands, but I love Borderlands as a as a co op experience with my friends because um, I, I do think it has a lot of personality and it's very fun. But I just tend to get very tired of shooters.
0: Yeah, and. Actually, with Borderlands, I kind of suffer from the same thing with Borderlands as I do Diablo, in the sense that toward the end of the game, I just get so bored because it feels so samey and so repetitive. And I think by that point, you're not getting much better loot than you were in the beginning. So I'm hoping in the next one, it'll uh they'll they'll improve on that. Next Diablo, next Borderlands, please just continually give me good loot. That's actually a problem I'm having in Titan Quest right now, going off the rails, is that I am about 25 hours into this game and my gear is the same gear I got because I got a super rare drop early on, and I haven't been able to get any better gear in, like, 15 hours. I'm kind of sick of it. Yeah, that doesn't sound... That doesn't that sound doesn't great. So it anyway, sad. back to Borderlands. Okay. So, no, like, to answer your question, no. Is this the game I need in VR?
1: No. no.
0: But I want to try it, and I think mean, it'd be fun. I'm kind of sad I got rid of co-op, but I guess that, that probably makes was sense. Just, yeah. it's It's probably more of a... I don't want to call it not a tech demo because it's a fifty dollars game, but it's not like the true Borderlands experience. No, it's, it's more it, of a hate. it is the game. It's, oh, they just they just got rid of co op. Oh, just so got it's rid that. of
1: co op. It's the game. Ah, uh, so I, uh, I misunderstood. Yeah, that. it's basically just a single player version of the game, and they've revamped all of the skills for these people so that it makes more sense.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: because yeah, like Maya can't res anybody because there's okay. no one else there.
0: That <laughs> so, makes sense. So. Um, I, I, sorry, I, f- I found the, I found the enemy that I was, ah, what's the enemy? <laughs> boner fart and boner toot. Right. Of course. So the bully mongs are referred as boner farts and the monglets are referred as boner toots. <laughs> I don't
1: remember that, but
0: good. <laughs> it's like turn the beginning of Borderlands 2 in the snowy ice area and you look down and you have a, a boner fart and then you have a boner toot. Is, I, anyway, that's yeah. one of the reason why I love Borderlands. It's so it's cr- great. It's great. It's wonderful. I think so the, the slowdown
1: time is interesting. I wonder if that is to help with motion sickness.
0: Oh, maybe.
1: I wonder if that's like a slow it down so that you can line it, like feel better and have uh more accurate shooting.
0: I would, I would guess that is actually more to, yeah, it's more toward the accurate shooting aspect of it. And maybe you're right. Maybe the motion sickness comes in when you're actually aiming. So you're not whipping around like a crazy person. Yeah. So I've played, you know, quite a bit of VR in my day and I've done, I've tried the fluid traversal sy- system, you know, where it's just, you walk like you would play, like you would do it in a non-VR game. And that tends to make me feel pretty dizzy. But what I found really works is when they have the, um, oh gosh, I don't know how to describe it. Is
1: it the pointed teleportation?
0: No, not that. I mean that helps too, but it's more when you're turning around. I was in Dead Halls, I was or is it DreadHalls? It's a horror VR game, and this is where I first learned about it. And it's where when you you can't turn a complete like fluid uh, 360, but instead you do like you look straight ahead, and then you look at 45 degree angle, and then you look at a 90 degree angle. So it eat eat Okay. So it's, does that so make it's sense? So staggered a little more. Yeah, like, yeah, like a staggered system, a staggered viewing. So Rope. what happens is you don't. So get, instead like, of a fluid, it yeah. it ticks like a clock it, thank you ticks like a clock that's exactly it okay and it uh it just makes it much more it just doesn't make me dizzy i can handle sure, that sure. much better so i would i think that's kind of becoming a standard in most vr games these days because i think people have found out that hey this actually works for people so it'll be interesting to see if this is in here on top of the teleportation mode yeah neato <sighs> neato Nido Frito, and just for some brain refreshments, there are more than three million VR PSVR units that have been sold as of last, as of August of 2018. I wonder how many are still plugged in. Yeah, I kind of would be curious to find that out too. I, I was looking at some updated PSVR stuff, so. Yeah, PSVR has sold more than 3 million units since it launched in October 2016. And they have sold 21 million games and, quote, experiences. So I'm assuming those are kind of like the movies or the little go-to-Disney-World-and-VR kind of experience that you can get. Um, According to Sony, Skyrim VR is the most played VR game, which makes sense. PlayStation VR World, Rec Room, and Resident Evil 7 round out the top five. And it just goes on to say that everyone's kind of waiting for Borderlands 3. Yes. That's the very game much we're all waiting so. for. It's a thing that's in, ex- that it's, it's in progress.
1: Someone's working on it somewhere.
0: Yeah. There was a recent call with uh, 2K investors, I think it was, or someone, and they said that one of their major anticipated games had been delayed into 2019 or 2020. And the thought is that that game that's talking about was Borderlands 3. So we probably still have a little white, a little ways to wait.
1: Just like my crackdown. I thought. Wah, <laughs> sorry. wah. <laughs> sorry. I,
0: you emphasized crack when you said that. Say crack again. Crack. It's so- you know, Wait, have
1: you- Oh wait, shit. Have you seen Mean Girls?
0: Yeah, actually I just watched that last week for- Again. Is that oh. a joke?
1: Yes. When she- <laughs> When she's- When joke? she's- Katie's talking to Janice, she's like-
0: Oh, you're no, right. Crack that did Say have, crack again. <laughs> oh, That's right. No, I, I thought that was weird and I- went with the flow anyway, but I noticed I, know, I, I saw it. in your eyes,
1: you didn't get it. And I was like, Damn I was it.
0: like, what? And it's, it sucks. Cause I literally just watched that last week. Anyway, going way back, I thought you said just like my crack and mm. I was like, your butt crack has been delayed or I don't even remember where <laughs> we were going with that. Yes. What? I don't know, we were going somewhere with that. I don't know where we're going. All right. Sure. Last, last story of this news segment. Oh my God. We're an hour and 15 minutes ish in already. Netflix witcher. Adaption. Adaptation. Adap- Adaptation. Adaptation
1: is what it should uh, no, say. No, no, no,
0: no. Yeah, I'm reading how it's written here. Adaptation. Adaptation. I think that's just a
1: typo because the link has the correct spelling.
0: It is, but it's funny, so I wanted to read it. Oh, Cast Yennefer and Siri. This is from Anthony of Flixist. The pieces are starting to fall into place for Netflix's The Witcher adaptation. That was spelled right. Today, it was announced that Freya Allen and Anya Chalotra Chalotra, will portray the roles of Ciri and Yennefer, respectively. This comes after it was announced a few weeks back that Henry Cavill would trade his CGI-shaped face for the full beard of Geralt in the adaptation. Freya Allen was previously seen in the not-so-great adaptation, (laughs) <laughs> of War of the Worlds and in the odd but endearing post apocalyptic kung fu TV series Into the Badlands. Anya Chalotra Chalo was previously seen on British TV in the ABC Murders and Wanderlust. So, so hey I've looked at I'm looking these? at
1: their pictures. I think Siri okay. actually looks great.
0: I think Siri looks great too. She has those eyes. She yeah, she has those big
1: blue doe eyes. Mm-hmm. Um she looks more like she kind of does in the game. Obviously she doesn't have white hair yet. Um, but, and then Yennefer, like I, I actually dig Yennefer's look too. However, I I was mentioning this to you earlier. I was like, she seems, maybe this is just an older headshot, but she seems Mm -hmm. young. She seems younger than I would expect a Yennefer to be, especially as Yennefer tends to be a mother figure towards Siri. Mm -hmm. Um, and you were saying how, like, oh, well, they, they the sorceresses glamour themselves. I'm like, yeah, they do, but they don't, I don't know that they glamour themselves to look that much younger than they actually are. I mean, they do because I think Jennifer's they're like a hundred and something yeah. years old, but she's glamoured to look more like I thought in her, actually I don't remember, but like, I would imagine like late twenties, early thirties. Yeah. She's not like trying to be 21 out here getting a no, drink no, no, at the bar.
0: No, oh God, no. She, she, doesn't doesn't she doesn't want to no, be she carded. She doesn't want to be carded at all. She doesn't want to be carded. No one would dare card her. Oh foremost. no! First
1: so. yeah, they would be lit on fire. But
0: she, <laughs> she would not handle that. No, yeah. I mean, I think this looks. I mean, the power of Hollywood and makeup and effects. I guess. Yeah. This is Netflix, so I'm assuming you know they have the budget, and they've actually cast a lot of people already. Uh This now this takes place more in like with the novels, right? This isn't video game. This is novel based. You know, I don't my, remember i don't i want to say it's novel novelish because siri looks very young yeah I mean, she is true. young in the game but she's, she's in the yeah yeah because in the game she's you know older correct she's a woman but correct. she looks like a very young girl here so exciting stuff um i i'm it's fun following this because holy crap we're actually getting something that that might be good promise. i know yeah that's what i'm saying
1: oh my god yeah I'm ex- I'm interested to see how Henry takes this role. Like I I don't know. In
0: what way? I'm just like, curious. I'm just waiting. You're just waiting. Okay. Waiting. It'll waiting. be fun. To see. Yeah. We'll have a good time. Maybe we can have a, a Netflix. He's a handsome watching gent, party. that's for sure. But he is. He'll make a good girl. I'm excited. Alright, ladies and gentlemen. That was a doozy of a new segment. We told you it would be heavy. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't gonna make the joke, Simer. I was gonna do the heavy f- Never mind, I'm not gonna do it. Don't do it. I won't do it. Okay, we'll move you. on. We will be <laughs> I already botched all this. We'll see you in a few minutes. Actually probably like thirty-five seconds, however long this little inch this little break takes. We'll be right back. <laughs> Everybody, hopefully that was roughly thirty-five seconds of a transition. I don't know if it's actually going to be thirty-five seconds of a transition. Welcome to segment two of the What's Good Games podcast, where we are going to talk about all of the games that we've been playing. And by all of the games we've been playing, I mean all of the games Brit myself have been playing. True. But before we get to that, Steimer is going to tell us a little bit about Quip. Yeah,
1: I sure am. So when you think of the things you do every day, brushing your teeth probably isn't top of mind. But for something that is so important to your health, it really should be. And that's why Quip wants to help you brush better. So what is Quip? Well, for starters, Quip is an electric toothbrush that's a fraction of the cost of bulkier brushes. Also, there is this handy-dandy built-in timer that helps you clean for the dentist-recommended two minutes with guiding pulses that remind you when to switch sides. It also comes with a multi-use cover that mounts to your mirror and unmounts when you need it to, which is great for travel and for saving counter space. And if you are a person of convenience like I am, Quip delivers new brush heads on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5, including free worldwide shipping. They're backed by a network of over 20,000 dentists and hygienists and hundreds of thousands of happy brushers that use Quip every day. In fact, it is one of the first subscription electric toothbrushes to be accepted by the American Dental Association. So, Brittany, would you like to tell us a little bit about why you love your Quip?
0: Yes, I would. So one of the reasons I love Quip is because it does do that 30-second vibration change where you're like, okay, I got to switch sides. Because I'll be honest, I brush my teeth, but I don't particularly enjoy doing it. It's just like a a boring thing I have to do at the end of the day. So typically, I'll have a toothbrush in one hand, and I'll have my phone in the other hand scrolling through social media, maybe reading BuzzFeed, maybe reading video game news. I don't know. But the point is... Before I had Quip, I found myself just brushing like one side of my mouth because I was so focused on what I was doing on my phone that I wasn't switching sides properly. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I would be like, "Hey, the left side of my mouth feels really good and clean," and then, "Oh, that's kind of grimy on the right side." What happened? And I realized it was it was because I wasn't properly, you know, getting all areas of the mouth. Yes,
1: you do have to clean all areas of the mouth in general.
0: You do, yeah, you do. It's very true. So that's something I really, really like about it.
1: Cool. Well, that's one of the many reasons why we love Quip and why they're backed by over 20,000 dental professionals. Quip starts at just $25. And if you go to getquip.com slash what's good right now, you get your first refill pack for free with your Quip electric toothbrush. That's yeah, get your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash what's good spelled G E T Q U I P dot com slash what's good.
0: Oh yeah. Clean teeth are good and happy teeth.
1: Yeah. I mean, like, if you're, like, ever going to kiss anybody, you should probably brush your teeth.
0: I mean, yeah. If you want to live with yourself, you should probably brush your teeth. True. Because, like, you don't want to be grossed out by your stanky breath. True. Do you ever wonder how... We'll move on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, Simmer. Mm-hmm. You've played Celeste and Broken Sword 5. I have played about 10 minutes of Celeste. 10 extra okay. minutes of
1: Celeste. And I'll... Tell you why.
0: Tell me why. I don't like it.
1: I mean, I don't. And that's not to say I don't like it. It's to say I don't like myself when I play it. And I I have this really stupid thing where because Andrea is playing this game without any assists, I feel like I have to play it without any assists.
0: Oh, God. And
1: it doesn't make any sense. And I'm normally not competitive. I am certainly not competitive on the level that Andrea is. But there, it's a bit of like a matter of pride. And I, I can't do, I, but then it means I'm also not going to play this game, which is bad. So I don't know. I'm, I'm wrestling with myself right now about it because I started to play and like the thing that gets me, it's not that I die all the time, which I do and that's fine. (laughs) It's that I can't stand it when I get to almost the end of a section and just minorly fuck it up. And then you got to do the whole thing over and right. try and nail everything that you've previously been fucking up this whole time. Like, you know what I mean? Like you're almost there exactly. and then no, you aren't. And I just lose my mind. It's why Ori in the blind forest has sections like that chase sections. And I legitimately threw my controller because I was so annoyed. Oh, well, that's
0: right. You have legitimately thrown your controller. I like, threw it into it, a pillow. It. Okay.
1: Because I'm smart. And smart, I didn't smart, want smart, to smart, damage smart. any of my things. But I also wanted to throw the fuck out of that controller. So into the pillow it went.
0: Okay. So for Celeste, you can do it without assistance or you can do it with assistance. Yes. Now, what does the assistance give you? I don't know. I there's different ones. Oh, okay, So There's okay, different okay.
1: things that you could turn on in assist mode. Um, I have not gone there yet because I was like, if Andrea can do this, I can do this. Now, but listen, as I'm playing it, I'm like, maybe I can't do this.
0: <laughs> yeah, because there are, there are games some people are better at than others. And like, for example, you would kick ass at an adventure game. You would breeze through that. Maybe Andrea would, maybe not. Maybe she would have to turn on baby ass baby, baby mode for, you know, you're the games that you love so much. It's just more of like, I generally play every game on normal. I don't, I very rarely drop it down
1: to easy. I just like to have the baseline experience of a game. Mm-hmm. And so, but this is just, I like, it is too super meat boy. Wow. Well, meat boy. Meat boy. Meat boy. Meat boy. <laughs> yeah, <meat boy-y>. um, <laughs> and that's just, it's just not my, it's not my style of game. And that's totally fine. It, not yeah. everything needs to, needs to be but it's gonna it's gonna take I'm probably gonna bring this with me to San Francisco and make you turn the assistant mode on for me and then I will play it
0: because then, then you won't feel like you did it you'll feel I'll, like I did yeah, it
1: exactly I'll feel like okay. I'll be like Brittany forced me to huh, huh. but like really secretly I will be thanking you but Externally, I'm going to pretend like you've done the worst thing in the world to me.
0: Hey, man, whatever helps you sleep at night. If that <laughs> helps you, I will happily be that person for you. No, that, that's really interesting. I don't, I don't know. I, I've never felt that way. I mean, let me, let me backtrack. Maybe when I was first starting out blogging about video games, because I, then I think I felt I had to be like, I'm this badass girl gamer who doesn't need to put anything on easy because, uh, you know, a stupid... Sheet wall you would put up But mm-hmm. These days Like I, uh, yeah. Again though I don't like Challenging combat In a game Unless it's an RPG Or a CRPG Or something like that Turn based RPG Whatever Yep I don't like a challenge Unless it's something That doesn't involve combat It's just the way I work And I've learned That's that fine. About myself And I Right And I've just learned that If I want to enjoy A certain game I have to just Do what's going to Make me happy Because I want to know About the story And the characters And all that kind of stuff That's what turns my crank flips my boat flips my switch sharpens my pencil um but yeah <laughs> I, so maybe i just gave that up a long time ago that that feeling of i have to do it on this way
1: I, yeah because like the, i can oh, i can honestly like count on one hand like the number of games i've dropped down um mm-hmm. and it's oh like i had to do call of duty i think it was the world war Two because that fucking beach man did the first oh, the first level? Yeah. I was like, "Are you kidding me with this?" Normandy, yeah. Are that you was really kidding?
0: difficult.
1: I was like, "This is impossible." How yeah. is anybody getting through this on any higher difficulty than easy? Because I don't understand it. I must. I mean, I'm like, this makes no sense to me. Um And then Catherine is always the one where I'm like, I will play that game on the fucking easiest mode because that game is legitimately hard.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Even easy was hard.
0: Now. It- So it's like a a competitive thing for you, is what it, a pride thing? It's a pride thing that I am at least,
1: I don't it might be having to do with the fact that, yeah, I feel like I need to, I definitely, like, at IGN, I knew I I needed to play everything at least on normal. Mm -hmm. I am also like you, I don't love, some people really like being super challenged by games. Yes, they do. That's not what I'm there for. Uh, I really want to just have fun with it and enjoy myself, but... There is definitely like some 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 point of pride within me that's like, no, but I can I can do this and I can do the thing, and therefore I am good and I belong here.
0: I belong here <laughs> and and that's not it's not
1: it's I'm not saying that's good it's it's terrible no. it's a bad, bad thing, uh but it is hard to reprogram your brain and your thinking. you could do it. Mm-hmm. it just takes time uh mm-hmm. and I'm not quite there yet so Celeste is gonna be. An interesting experiment for me once I give it to you to do the thing for me. Yes. And then I will actually be able to go through and play. Cause I was very interested in like, in what's happening in it. I'm just so irritated by that style of, not even the style of gameplay, it's the checkpointing.
0: Right. The checkpointing no, I, that drives exactly me up the wall. How you feel. And that's one of my biggest, uh, in games when you, it, it's kind of like when you get to the end of a boss fight and you know you're one hit away, and then you die, but that boss had like three different stages to it, and they take you back to the very, very first stage. And
1: then you want to kill everyone and around you. you want you. to kill
0: everyone and everything, living or dead. Yes. You want to kill the dead things. You just you just want... Like your house plant. Yeah. And water for three weeks. If you weeks.
1: had a flamethrower, you would have just fucking lit everything on fire and walked away.
0: We need to get you in a baby-ass baby mode shirt all the time, and that needs to be your mantra. But I,
1: but I like normal, normal ass normal mode. But you do. For you the don't. most part. No, I see, it's not a problem with most games. It is just, oh. it's just select games where I'm like, God. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. okay, okay, okay.
0: It's no, not like, like you put yourself through the, the, the shit every time.
1: No, 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 no. This is just one of those cases where I'm quite frankly not. I mean, no one's great at these games. You die a lot regardless. Okay. Um, but it's just hard for me to admit that I don't have the time. To yeah, to go through this way, it will take me twelve years to beat this game.
0: <laughs> yeah, and that, that's actually an interesting point because I think everyone plays a game, plays games for different reasons, and people relax different ways, right? And for me, for yeah, obviously time has something to do with it. You know, knowing that you don't really have the time to dedicate to getting really good at a particular game because being in the line of business that we're in, we need to get our hands on as many games as we can. There really isn't much of a leisure, leisure gaming for us, I guess. Yeah. Where we, we can just play something for, you know, a few hours at a time and just because we thoroughly want to enjoy it and relax with it because there are so many other games coming out that we have to you got so to keep that, moving. Yeah. Like the conveyor yeah. belt. It's like that episode
1: of I love Lucy where she's like in the chocolate factory. I know you will not understand this reference and that's okay. okay. Cause hopefully okay. a lot of other people will. So there, it's a very famous, I love Lucy episode. She's working, um, with Ethel in a chocolate factory, and it's these truffles and like they're supposed to i forget what they're supposed to do if they're supposed to just wrap them like the truffles are coming through and they're supposed to like put them on and it at first comes through at like a regular a normal pace and then it just starts going batshit insane and she's like shoving them (laughs) in her mouth and she's like putting them in her hat and she's like doing all these things to try and keep up with this onslaught of video games and that is what it is like trying to do this
0: That's actually that's I get the reference. Obviously, I mean I get it to a certain extent. Sure, but yeah, that's that's true. And also, you know, people play games. Obviously, people relax in different ways. Some people, I think, a challenge actually gets their mind off of whatever their mind is on, and they can just focus on that challenge and getting good at it and getting better at it. Whereas something like someone like me who loses. Track of time and reality, if you want to call it, by meeting new characters and experiencing a story in a game. So, therefore, the combat, the easier the combat, the better. That way, I still get the joy of doing the things as the character, mm-hmm. but not, you know, it doesn't snap me out of my Zen mode by throwing a controller into a pillow like you did with Ori and the Blind Forest. Yes. That was, yes. that was bad. So, I, uh, kind of went through this weird, I haven't had this in a while, where no game really sounds good. And you you know that there's a game out there that sounds good. But you don't really know what it is, I think, until you start playing it. So I... So last week I was going through my no solid food. The final stage is my no solid food thing. And a lot of people asked about that and I'm fine. I'm totally healthy. I'm not dying. It was for a digestive issue that I had and it was 14 days of this gross powder and that was all I could eat. And it was doctor
1: prescribed and doctor prescribed.
0: I'm all good and I'm off it now and I'm eating normal food and drinking whiskey again in, in small amounts. Um. So anyway, so what that did though is it really gave me a bad sense of cabin fever because I wanted to get out and be among people and be among society and do stuff, you know, with an energetic atmosphere. Which typically, I like to hang out at home in my snuggle in blankets and play video games. But because I had been home for two weeks, I was just kind of going stir crazy. So therefore, games that normally would sound good to me weren't sounding good to me. So I tried playing um, Stardew Valley, which is always one of those feel-good, chicken-soup-for-the-soul kind of games for me. I couldn't get into it. I tried Harvest Moon on the iPad. And then I know some of you are probably thinking, but you were playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey as well. Why weren't you playing that? And I have to say, I know... It, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, it's a great game. When I play it, I have fun with it. I enjoy it. I have no complaints about it. But it's just not for me, at least not right now. Something about it is it just it's not grabbing you. It's not. No, It's something about it just isn't clicking with me. And I don't know if it's because I feel a little overwhelmed by how much there is to do. And obviously, the easy solution to that is just stick to the single-player missions, do a few side missions here or there to help your level. But it's hard when there's, everything's like... But it's you're right. It, it is hard. It's hard to situation. ignore the other stuff. Yeah. And I when I do the single-player missions, I love them a lot. I find all the characters very really interesting. I find where the story is going very interesting. I'm... I'm excited to learn what happens, but there's nothing calling me to say, Hey, go sit down and sink a few hours in Assassin's Creed Odyssey. Pick up that controller. Aren't you excited to play it? It's like, ah, not, mm, not, not really. So it's, it's interesting because I know you love it. I know Andrea loves it. She said it's probably her favorite Assassin's Creed. I know Greg from kind of funny. Like that's all he's talking about. He loves it so much, but for some reason it's just not grabbing me. So I had to temporarily set that down. And then I hopped into Shadow of the Tomb Raider. And that is what I've been playing. And that's scratching the itch for me. I You just I wanted
1: to murder a bunch of dudes.
0: I just wanted to murder a bunch of dudes. And I think for me, you know, Lara is a familiar character. Obviously, I've been with her for two games now. And Shadow of the Tomb Raider isn't different from Rise or just Tomb Raider. I mean, it is, but it's not like a huge overhaul. It's not a big overhaul, leap, yeah. Right. It's not a huge overhaul in mechanics and all that stuff. So it's... And I've really enjoyed those past few games, so I knew with Shadow of the Tomb Raider, I would thoroughly enjoy this one as well. It was familiar. It felt good. It felt like I was reuniting with like a friend of mine that I hadn't seen in a while. And it's scratching that itch. Obviously, it's a little bit more linear. It's more straightforward. It's a lot more action, uh, character interaction. And I think that's what I was needing, just something to kind of... Usher me along, whereas in Assassin's Creed Odyssey, I feel like Ubisoft's like, go have fun. This is your playground. Go do whatever you want. Not that there's anything wrong with that, but I think right now I just need something that's continually moving, a shorter, more intense experience. That yeah. Yeah. That's what she said. Yeah. So no, I'm really having a great time with Shadow of the Team Raider. Really enjoying it. What else have we been playing? Samur. Yeah. Open Sword 5. So. Uh The reason I haven't
1: been playing Assassin's Creed Odyssey is not that I don't want to. I actually very much... I do feel the pull for once in an mm-hmm. Assassin's Creed game. Where I'm like, I would love to go sit down and and play more of this. Uh But I was not at my house for five days. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So it's five days. And uh I therefore just took my Switch with me. But then I also didn't even really play it when I was there. So, my bad. Uh well I started playing that was where I was playing Celeste and I was just fucking frustrated and annoyed. <laughs> so I, I just, hate video games. Kind of and I was like, Meh I'm gonna go sit in the pool instead.
0: Uh and it's not a bad not a bad choice. It was
1: it was an excellent choice. I had a great time. But uh then I was like, Oh shit, I need to play Broken Sword Five because you really wanted to talk to me about it. So I actually only I hopped into this last night and started playing a bit of it to get a feel for what the game is like. Mm-hmm. And um, it's interesting. I'm curious to get your take on it because you aren't a super big adventure game fan. It's true. And uh, it is very much an adventure game.
0: <laughs> yeah, so just some history on Bro- Broken Sword 5. This came out years ago on all other platforms. Uh, it just recently came to Switch in September of this year, and I downloaded it and played it on my European cruise. So this game was kickstarted. It's, the series has been around for a very long time, is my understanding, and it kind of has a, a cult following. So yeah, like Simon said, I'm not really an adventure fan, but I what I like about it is it it's a fun concept to me, that it's all point and click, and all the puzzles are with the items you get. And I can't I mean, talk that's, that's about- Pretty standard. No, no, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's not about, it's not about the gameplay is what I'm trying to say. It's just all about the items you have. And yeah, and for adventure game this is standard, but I can't talk about this series in an intelligent way because the, my only real experience with adventure games is the Dark Side Detective, which is awesome, and also Dark Side Detective 2 has been successfully kickstarted, and they're working on their stretch goals right now. Very, very, very excited about that, so maybe check that out if you want. Uh, but, yeah, so this game was – I I enjoyed it. Wait, the did you play about, that thing? I finished it, yeah. Oh, okay. I finished the whole thing and in the beginning – so the, this game follows uh, – there, there's a stolen painting and you are playing as – And a murder. And a murder. You are playing as – oh my god, I already forgot the guy's name. George <laughs> and his sidekick – I mean it's been like three weeks since I played this. <laughs> no, I know. George, I'm laughing George, at the name. <laughs> George George and Nico, who are apparently very familiar characters with fans of the franchise, I think they've been in the other games. Yes. Uh, My assumption.
1: Sounds correct. Because, yeah, they they very much make references like, oh, it's great working with her again. And I'm like, cool, I guess.
0: Yeah, I guess you guys are friends. So whereas Dark Side Detective was a bit more friendly to the noobs like myself, I feel like this game really dives into like what makes an adventure game an adventure game with some, for me anyway. So crazy obscure combinations of items you need to put together. I don't really know how to play an adventure game. I'm not Did you think they with were the obscure mechanics. Some of them like sure, later on. Okay. In the game, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's usually how yeah. it ramps. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Later on in the game, some of it seemed a little odd to me and maybe to someone who's familiar with this, with this uh, genre, they'll be like, yeah, nah, that was really easy. You're just dumb. Totally possible. But something I really liked about this game was the hint system. So it has uh, a little hint menu that you can click on it anytime you want or navigate to. And the first few hints gently nudge you in the right direction of where you need to go, who you need to talk to. But if you're still so stumped, either the fourth or fifth hint just tells you outright what to do. Like It's like, okay, if you're this stuck... Go to point a, do this, go to point B, do this. and it tells you just like legit what to do. And so that's nice for me because I again, I'm not familiar with the mechanics of these games. I'm not sure there's like certain things that I want to think about. If you go into a room and look at an item, it'll get someone will make a comment about this item mm-hmm. and then you'll talk to someone else and that'll trigger something that if you go look at that item again, now you can pick up that item and do something with it. yeah so. It's like you have to sweep the room multiple times, and these are things I'm learning. So if you're into, if you're, if you want to learn an adventure game, I would say this could be a good way to start because of the hint system. It really helped me, and by the end of it, I was thinking more outside of the box, which is necessary yep. for an adventure game like this. But I, I really had a great time with it. It was fun. I found the characters to be charming, and I liked their chemistry. There was some funny moments in the game, and. I thought it ran well, and it was a a good Adventure 101 thanks to the hint guide. Otherwise, I never would have finished this game on my own. That's fair. Yeah, I'm at –
1: the only puzzle where I'm like, the fuck? And it's like you have to arrange letters into a word. And I'm like, now I have to sit here and think about what words I can spell with this. Okay. Okay. Um, Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: and I'm like, why? 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 Just why? But like (laughs) (laughs) – Yeah. That – in general, I, cause again, I'm, I've, I'm only really talking about this game because I know adventure games. Right. Um, and so the beginning part's like super easy breezy, whatever. And I guess for me, the only thing that kind of made me pause is that I, I grew up playing like Gabriel Knight. Gabriel Knight's a really interesting, like voodoo murder mystery sort of mm. a story. I don't know that I'm as intrigued by the premise of this one, which sure. which is essentially like an evil painting and someone getting shot. Uh, and <laughs> I, I'm i going to keep playing it because I just like adventure games, and I'm curious to see how these puzzles ramp up. Uh, but in general, I'm like, ah, this feels like weird knockoff Gabriel Knight mm. <laughs> to me. And I think it's mostly because... The dude just... The main dude, George, just seems super generic. Maybe he gets better. Does he get better?
0: I would say what you see with George is what you get. All right. George is generic. (laughs) G for generic. Yeah, Yeah, I mean, definitely the characters aren't these super, you know, like super layers. They're not like onions. But they do have a a lot of interesting banter with each other. And I know there is a history with those characters. I just don't know it, obviously, because I haven't played any of the other games. Yeah. So maybe yeah, we well, you know the
1: characters. Something that happens in the beginning. I don't know if the if the game continues to do this. Um, you do switch perspective between characters at least mm-hmm. in, in the front, uh, and so you play as George, but also you do play as Nico. Is yeah, that, yeah,
0: okay. that happens throughout the game cool. too. Um, I found her
1: sections, and I'm not sure if this will continue to be way easier. Granted, she had, a, and because she has at least had a much smaller inventory. And when you have a small inventory to work with an adventure game, it's pretty, you pretty much know kind of like where to go and what to do. Cause you don't have a whole lot of options <laughs> um, versus like having a bunch of shit and you're like, all right, how do I combine? Can I combine these things? If I can't combine these things, what is something that would, uh, what this, that this would work for? Uh, all that kind of crap. Like you just really need to think about, and honestly, if you, Here's the like my main pro tip for an adventure game, even if you don't you don't need to necessarily be smart you just need to be patient as fuck in the sense that you can just be like I'm gonna try combi- combining this with literally everything in my inventory yes. and the game will tell me I'm stupid and that's fine but whatever and then I'm going to literally click on everything else on the screen and <laughs> and see like what it could possibly work with uh so far I haven't had to do that I'm sure I'll have to employ that method at some point um but my anytime i enter a room i always see exactly what i can pick up for for the first go around um then you talk to everyone see if there's anything extra rinse repeat until you think you have pretty much as much as you can for your inventory and then i start to try and figure out like what to do with it
0: okay No, that's good to know i do like showing all the characters all the random items in my inventory because you could walk up to people like Mm -hmm. look at all my stuff like i would show them a paper clip i would show them a cockroach that was my pet and it was fun to see all their different reactions to that kind of stuff
1: yeah it was always nice when they add lines about that like this guy's like i'm like have a piece of pizza and he's like i don't want i don't want the pizza
0: (laughs) (laughs) or you could be like give
1: the pizza to the dead body and it's like what? <laughs>
0: the game's why like, would, why you would you do, do that? that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 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 You're
1: like because it's fun, <laughs> but uh, it's like, so no. far, I mean, granted, again, I'm super early in this game. I'm mm-hmm. glad to hear you say actually that it gets kind of weirder because that's more of what I find intriguing about adventure games. Um, but these ones did seem to be so far like fairly straightforward. It's like you mm-hmm. kind of the the characters guide you a lot with their speech on like what you should be doing. Um, it's just a matter of you determining how to get to that end result.
0: Yeah. It's fun. I would recommend it if you, like I said, are you new to it? A new, new to an adventure game? Then this could be good because of the hint system. Yes. Saved me many, many times. I mean, you also have the internet
1: hint system, but that's, it's easier when it's built in in that way because you won't accidentally spoil more than you want.
0: Exactly. You can get the exact
1: amount of hint
0: that you would like. You need, exactly. Finally, I mean, I'm still playing Titan Quest, which is the game I talked about last week. I will say I thought I was close to finishing this game, and then it's like, LOL, JK, we're going to Egypt. And I so hate now, that. I have no clue. <laughs> I have no clue how... Uh, I'm still apparently in Act 1, and I think there's two or three acts. Oh, jeez, so, girl. Yeah, this is a, this is a long game. I it's, had a, it's a big boy. It's a big boy. Still enjoying it, but obviously haven't really been able to play too much of it, but... I have been playing Super Mario Party because that you that and Jason fun. or like yeah, fires. Yeah, well, Jason and I played <laughs> Mario Party quite a of bit together. Super Mario Party. So I played the shit out of Mario Party one and two back in. Gosh, I think Mario Party came out in what 1999. Back wait, in the
1: wait, did day? it really? Are you gonna yeah. party like it's 1999? Oh, girl, you know it. Woo, woo, woo. oh man britney's gyrating is great
0: it's wait that's it's not gyrating
1: gyrating's hips i think
0: It was gyrating wasn't it I? Gyr- I,
1: this is like a push motion
0: i don't oh, i'm yeah, actually yeah. gonna look I, I look like a dog scooting his ass on the ground let me like, look that's up the that, word the-
1: gyration and see if it has you know, to like do when, with your hips
0: thankfully Reb doesn't do this but you know when a dog has an itchy butt and it like scoots across the ground like that's the motion i'm doing right now but this this chair has a lot of a uh, recoil it so- does not
1: have to do with the hips it is oh. a rapid movement in a circle or spiral, a whirling motion.
0: So I'm gyrating my hand right now.
1: Uh, apparently, yes.
0: What <laughs> uh, was I talking about? Mario Party. Mario right, Party. so Mario Party. <laughs> so <laughs> I played a lot of this game back in 1999, and then whenever Mario Party 2 came out, <clears throat> and Mario Party 1 had the best minigames, Fight Me, if you don't believe me. Uh, and I kind of fell off the, the Mario Party map because then too many games came out and then I don't know what happened. I was just like, I'm kind of Mario Party out. So in my lack of food state of mind ba- last week, I thought Mar- Super Mario Party, because I just came out, sounded kind of like a nice warm bowl of chicken soup. So. But figuratively. Had, figuratively, yes. Cause so you could not I, eat it. Right. So I had to look up what's new in Super Mario Party because there's been like what a million games since the first one came out that I am not familiar with. So the first the first mode that's new, new-ish, that Jason and I played four rounds of is called Partner Party. And so this is yeah, you have your characters, so it's two V2. So it would be Jason and I versus two AIs, and we played all the AIs on normal And if you do that, you're almost guaranteed to win. I mean, we were just like slaughtering. So you can do normal, hard, and I think harder is the the next level of intensity. (laughs) Wait, hold on. Okay, there's my. That's what she said.
1: Pillow. It's very. I was more laughing at the fact you're like we slaughtered them. Like yes, take that that AI.
0: (laughs) You dumb bastards. That was kind of an aggressive way to word it. But yes, we did slaughter them. There was blood everywhere. So how this works is, man, you have Mario, you... Mario Party is more violent than I thought it would be. <laughs> you have, okay, so you have you and your partner, and then you roll your dice, and then you combine the total sum of your dice, and then that's how many moves you both get. So it's not like the traditional Mario Party where you just move kind of in one line and you have blue, uh, blue dots and red dots, blue dots for three coins, red dots for negative three coins. You have to roll the exact amount to get to where you want to go. So if you see a... I've actually I,
1: never played Mario Party, so your description is confusing me.
0: Oh, sorry. Okay. So in traditional Mario Party, you you move in a linear way. It's just like... it's like is a, it like a, a board a, game? Like you're trying a, to get yes. to the... Okay. Yes. It's like a board game, and you're trying to get to... Toad, who has – I believe it's always Toad, who has a star. And at the end of the match, the people – or at the end of the game, the people who have the most amount of stars win. Now, okay. you get stars by purchasing them. You get – with coins. And you get coins by winning mini-games or landing on blue, blue tiles, which give you three coins every time you land on it. Um and at the end of the game, people who have the most stars win. Now stars aren't determined just based off of how many stars you bought. You maybe you won the most mini games, so you'll get a star for that. Maybe you move the least amount of time. So there's little bonuses at the end of the game. Okay. And then obviously whoever's the most stars wins. So that's traditional Mario Party. And this partner party mode, it's it's not linear. It's this big think of it as a big grid sectioned off into little areas where like the board game, little cute stuff comes in. And you have free movement. So if I roll a 10, but I need a 9 to get to the star, there's no way I can land on that star. I have to just position myself and hope for a better roll next time. And that can, it's its a level of, I guess, I don't know, luck to the game, but it also can be frustrating when you're stuck on the same portion of the map for four rounds because you can't seem to roll that odd number that you need Mm. to land on the thing so you can get to where you need to go. Okay, so with that said, now that you kind of understand it a little more, yeah, I, I like party mode because it's fun because you get to obviously work together with someone and you can divide and conquer the board the board if you want to, or if you stick together and you both land on the star spot at the same time, you can get twice the amount of stars. Oh, but if you split up because every time you get a star from someone from Toad, she Toadette, excuse me, she moves to another part of the board that's completely random, and sometimes saucy winks. Oh yeah, girl. Sometimes and to get to one part of the board that's different from where you are, sometimes you have to land on a tunnel, which again requires an exact roll. Sometimes you need to do X, Y, or Z, and so if you guys divide and conquer, then obviously if she goes to the other side of the board, you're already in good position to get that next star. Okay, so the mini games are—I think there's 80 mini games. I don't know if it's 80 new mini games or just 80 in general. That's a lot. There's a lot, yeah, and they're all they're all pretty fun, and so. When you play in a partner mode, it's always two v two, or they use the 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 free for all games. But obviously, if the person on your team wins, then you win. You know, your team wins the coins. So I played, like I said, four matches of that, and it was really fun. I had a good time. I do wish there was a way to speed up the computer's moves because it does seem like it takes. It doesn't take long. But you just kind of wish there was a fast-forward You're button. like, I'm going to win anyway, so what does this fucking matter? <laughs> I just want to get to the mini games, And there is a way that you can just play the mini games if you want. That's totally a thing. There's the river survival mode where you are on a river. <laughs> Duh. And the river branches off in multiple different sections. And you have to decide which sections you want to take. And there's different ways to complete the river. And you're timed. And you have to hit these balloons. In order to activate mini games, and then depending on how well you do in the mini games, that's how many extra seconds you get to go down the river. It sounds kind of stressful, but it's not. it's really huh? easy to to finish the river ride. There's a sound stage. I did this when I was really delirious. I remember waggling my hand around and dancing to music. Can't really tell you much more about that. That was kind of a blur. <laughs> There's there's to, there's Toad's rec room, which is some other little mini games you can do, and then characters have special dice that you can you know you, so the dice are all different. So like if you're Wario or someone, two sides Wario. of your dice. Wario, two sides of your dice are negative coins. The other ones could be positive spaces. Or if you're Yoshi block, you have like a zero, one, two, three, four. You know, so it all depends. And you want to use different dice depending on what number you're trying to get to. Sure. So, so that's another thing. Anyway. Long story short, it's really fun. I enjoy it when I play it. I'm usually good for about one 10-round game, which lasts about an hour. And then I'm done for the day. I have enjoyed it, like I said. However, there is one issue with it that's driving me a little crazy. And actually, I have to say it's driving Jason crazy. It's that I got my Nintendo Switch day one, which means my console has a wonky left Joy-Con. Which means that sometimes the Joy-Con desyncs. From the Switch. Now, the only way you can play Super Mario Party is with a Joy-Con. You can't play it with a Pro Controller. You can't even play it handheld mode. If you want to play the game by yourself, you have to set the game down on a stand and detach a Joy-Con. And then play it with that. Okay. So there's no other type of controller support. And... Admittedly, at first, I kind of was pissed off about that. Like, oh, that's such a Nintendo thing to do. Why would you do that? Because, like, you know, they're little. And people with big hands, maybe they get hand cramps. Even for me, it's not the most comfortable way to play a game. Sure. It's just not. It's not as bad as I thought it would be. The major problem I'm having is that the Jason's left Joy-Con, const- not constantly, I would say two to three times per game, it has syncing issues. And so he'll randomly, like, run off the map, or he won't be able to hit the block. <laughs> that makes or it some- funnier. It's so, I mean, it's funny, but there's real Also, get a new Joy-Con. There's, well, I don't know if that's the fix for this. I don't know. I need to look into it because I think it has to be something where you have to send your Switch in. Because I think there's an antenna or something in the Switch or a receiver in the Switch that's a little faulty. Mm. That's my understanding of it. Um, I've tried looking into it and I haven't seen a simple, like, just buy a new Joy-Con. I mean, if that works... Someone let me know, please. That would be the easiest fix ever, but I don't think that's the problem. Um, so there's that. And now, I mean, there are motion mini games in this, which is why I think they want you to use a Joy-Con. Also, if you want to play with several people, it's just easier to use Joy-Cons because they're already attached to your Switch, so it's easy to person fun times, I suppose, whatever Nintendo's logic is. But it kind of makes me sad because these controls, some of these games are very motion intensive and if you're someone who can't do motion controls you can still play mario party but you can't do a lot of the mini games mm. No, the motion controls the games are fun they do some really fun intuitive stuff like you know the the 4d or 3d rumble or whatever nintendo called it you know there's some things like memorize the rumble or you know like shake just do fun stuff with the rumble i get it in the motion controls it's fun fit the blocks together and you have to do it by rotating your joy-con but it also just kind of makes me sad that The necessity of the Joy Cons has limited a the controller options with Super Mario Party, and b people with disabilities or you know who people who don't have the ten fingers that we all take for granted might not be able to play a game like this. Yep. But I did enjoy my time with it. It is fun. Um, Maybe I'll go back to it a few times, you know, a month or something. But it just doesn't have that same pull and magic that I feel like the first Mario Party had for me. I just Oof, that was a lot. a lot
1: about Mario Party. Like that was, it was a significant amount.
0: If you're still with me, thank you so much. But I, I had that to get off my chest.
1: I'm glad. Was... I'm glad you shared your Mario Party highs and lows.
0: I need to have some like hot tea with honey in it now to, to, soothe, to soothe my vocal cords. Mm, hot tea and honey is delicious. I don't know if I've ever had that actually. Really? Yeah.
1: All right. We'll make you Apparently, a cup of tea at Andrea's house.
0: Aww, can you make me a cup of tea while I turn on your baby-ass baby mode? Yes. And Celeste? Yes, Okay. Perfect. But before we wrap up this week's podcast, mm-hmm. we have some turbo patrons to read. Yeah, we do.
1: You want to alternate? These are,
0: yeah. These are the kind of folks who support us at patreon.com slash what's good games. We cannot do what we do without these people and everyone else who supports us at any dollar level. We sincerely appreciate it. So we are going to read these badasses off. Yes, we're gonna we're gonna alternate and see how I'll, good we do. Yes,
1: you go first.
0: Okay, Aaron Saxton, Adrian A. Rock Williams, Alberto Videla, Alex
1: Fragopoulos,
0: Andrew Susan,
1: Anthony Murphy,
0: Ariella Furman, Ash Vulcane. Bo Heierholzer, Bill Stillwell, Billy Shibley,
1: Brian Harper.
0: Brooke Lurie, Asia Harris, Carl Peterson, Calf Dog, <laughs> Cool Rat Daddy, so good, Christian Rodriguez, Dale Sun, David Icolucci, Dominic Weller, Donato Sinicio Third, Dustin Lewis, E. Benjamin Chickness, E. Irizarry, that sounds good to me, Elizabeth Brooke, Elmo Shell, Emily Kent, Ferris Atta how do you say that? Atia?
1: Atia. Atia.
0: Flying Saucer Media. Geek Heart Games. Gio Corsi. Gregory Horton. Ivan. Even? Sorry. Ivan. Even. Ivan. Fudge. I that assume. was bad. <laughs> Ivan. Uh, Behar. Bejar. Be. Beharano, Beharano. 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 I am so sorry, dude. <laughs> Ivan Beharano. sorry. I'll say your name. Uh, Jared Howard. <laughs> Jason Davis.
1: Jason Erickson.
0: Jay Machri.
1: <laughs> Uh, Jason Demers.
0: Ah, uh, Jesse Spencer. Jessica Salisbury. Joe. Joe Kennison. Joe Schleif. John Drake. Kevin Dunkel. Kevin Kumaki. Kia B. Leviathan Masters Barella. So badass. Louis Creech. Lincoln Davis. Lucas Chaney. Mark Trastrup. Martha Emery. Martin T. Asarod, Matt Howell. Matthew Goodair, Melanthius Owens. Michael Shanholds. Mohammed Fahim Muhammad Male, Nam Bui Nicole Humphrey Azi Paige Porter Pete Shoemaker
1: Professor Metal Gear
0: Okay Punk Defied Pure Blue Octopus R.J. Bryan (laughs) Regan Imsen Ripped Gamers Rob
1: Lehnert Lehnert.
0: Robert Gerrero
1: Roland Bala
0: Ross Haney Ryan B Sam Simon Bergstedt, Sion Stevenson, Steph Wu, Stephanie Fitzwilliam, Steven Insler, Sydney Carr, Tara Bruno, Teresa Enert,
1: Thomas Jennings,
0: Timothy Bennett,
1: Tommy Larson,
0: Trent Pennington, Trevor Starkey, Troy Sprout- Spradlin, Tyler McCall. Oh gosh, Veritanuda. Yeah, sounds good. Okay, Will Hernandez. And Zach Hershey, who always makes me want some Hershey kisses.
1: Mm-hmm. Hershey kiss at the end.
0: Mm. Well, thank you all so so much, Turbo Patrons. We again, I just said this, but I'm gonna say it again. Could not do what we do without you and any and all of you who support us on Patreon.com/slash What's Good Games. We do some some fun some fun stuff over there, Simmer. Maybe yeah. some people can uh, check it out sometime. Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd updates be nice there. Yeah, yeah, you you sure do. We, yeah, we post updates every Monday detailing what our week looks like for us, live streams, and where you can submit questions and what's new and exciting appearances and all that good stuff. So and, join us uh, if you
1: can or
0: want please, to. Please do. Well, I am sad because I'm going to be gone next week, so this will be my last. This will be my last episode until what? Listen, Simon, I'm telling you, we're going to get your ass on vacation. We're going to start get Steimer on a vacation petition. I mean, my God,
1: man, between the two of you, you're just fucking rubbing my nose in it real hard.
0: No, it's it's honestly this is always travel season. And then it's not after that September and October because September is my anniversary. And then every October, Jason and I do this Halloween Horror Nights thing in Orlando, Florida. I can't believe you do it every year. That seems excessive. No, because every year, Halloween Horror Nights in Universal Studios, they do different uh, themes in different haunted houses. Oh, it's different every year? Every year, it's different. Yeah, they have something called Scare Zone. So this year, they have a child's play Scare Zone where it's all going to be, you know, like... Oh, child's play, like, the
1: movie. Okay. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. I was yeah, like, and they, first, I was like, what, for children? <laughs> No, God no. No, it's really cool. It's it's an awesome experience. And then they have these Hollywood esque set well, I guess you say Universal Studios, set haunted houses that are based off of different movies. So this year there's one based off of um Oh my God, what's the the, the pol- Poltergeist, the mm. 1982 or 84 one? And then there's Stranger Things, there's Halloween. In years past, um, there was The Walking Dead, obviously. The, what actually got me into Halloween Horror Nights was there was a Resident Evil haunted house probably four years ago. And that was mind-blowing, and I loved everything about it. And so ever since then, we go back, and it's just a good time. Have some drinks, go walk around. They turned the entire uh, Universal Studios theme park into just a big haunted attraction. That's cool. It's really cool. I'd like to take your ass there, but I know you probably wouldn't want to go. Um, no, I'm, I'm okay. Okay. Well, I'll work on that. Well, once again, everyone, thank you so much for listening to this Brit and Steimer show. We've been on a little uh, streak here for a while. I don't know when the next one will be, but as always, Steimer, it's a pleasure. Mm, pleasure's all mine. Perfect. Alright, thanks again, and we will see you, well, you, Steimer and Andrea will see you next week. Yes, they will. <laughs> Bye!